Hello, this is Spotlight, the official podcast of Grapple. I'm Benno. I'm Joe. And I'm JP. Hello, we're back, the three of us together. Uh, thanks for holding the fort down last week, guys. Thanks to you, JP, for uh, appearing on Post Wrestling's British Wrestling Experience uh, in lieu of me as well. Really appreciated it. Uh, but yeah, I enjoyed the show last week. I was a mere listener. It was uh, a lot of fun. It was an absolute pleasure. I got to play Rick Rude because both shows came out at pretty much exactly the same time that night. So I got to basically appear on Nitro and Raw and I didn't have time to run and have a shave before one of them came out, but I should have maybe done that as well. But yeah, big Rick Rude fan, getting to do that. That's as close as I'll ever get. Well, it being audio rather than video as well, you know. That's true. There yeah. is that. There's many other things against it, but it's not ruining it. <laughs> That's what I'm here to do. Yeah, I think we do need to do that at some point. There should there should be a video, but just on JP. I think uh, I think people would enjoy your reactions. Oh, it would have been after that after recording um, BWE. I got really ill, but like for something about it that just sort Could of. Are you coughing in the background? Like, I just thought you'd been out with, uh, with yeah. Woodlaw or the lads oh, or something. You know, if I cough, if I sneeze, I've been feeling like shit. But you just got to gut your way through it, like the trooper that I am. But yeah, I'm. Feeling it better today, certainly, but yesterday I was a mess. Well, you, Absolute damn. You're a man who's prepared to die for his art form, that's for sure. That's it. Yeah. And the world needs more wrestling podcasts. <laughs> that's it. Uh, but yeah, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed your Barry and Blue Peter as well, JP. That was uh, that was fun. Um, yeah, did it? Did it? I mean, it was just the. Were you in agreement with that, or was I one of the few anti-Blue Peter people? Was it? Was the quote something like "Fuck that"? Where's neighbours? Uh, I laughed out loud when I yeah. heard that. <laughs> Well, it was it was just like, ah, oh, come in, let's do some activities. And you're like, I've been at school for the day. I'm not doing anything else. It wasn't my favourite, but I found it inoffensive. It was Compared like a... to like a Biker Grove that would have been before, no, or I... a Grain Chill Well, that. Biker Grove, but those were on um, Tuesdays and Thursdays. Yeah. Blue Peter was, what, Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Mm. And like Biker Grove and Grain Chill, back-to-back with Neighbours, followed by The Simpsons. And if the Fresh Prince was on after that, my God, what a four-program swing that oh, is! Oh God, yeah. <laughs> is this when the days when Simpsons was like six o'clock on a weekday? It really was, wasn't it? There was a point in time like six twenty-five. Mm. It would would always be something. Well, quite decent. Fresh Prince, I could remember. Back oh yeah, in the day. yeah. Buffy used to be on six forty-five on Thursdays. Remember that. Never really got into Buffy. I think at that point I was in university, so I mm. kind of missed. Neighbours was like religion to a lot of people. I think I just there. quite fancied Sarah Michelle Geller as a young man. You weren't alone. And then met her when I worked in New York. Yeah, she was in the office that I was in, uh, auditioning for Movie Forty Three, that shite oh, film that yeah, that shite film that I've never seen that I had to take phone calls for to arrange meetings and casting calls for. And Sarah Michelle Geller turned up in the office one day <laughs> and was incredibly hot but tiny oh. was going to ask was going to ask her questions oh my god what have i said <laughs> yeah i just realized what i said there but i was going to ask her questions about freddie prince jr and his uh love of wrestling but unfortunately didn't get the opportunity oh, oh, been a good job. she wouldn't have been expecting that would she didn't you? want to talk to interns was you smack down booker was that right he was on the i right. think he was yeah he could have got that could have been my way in yeah, he was on the writing, writing crew for ages, wasn't he? Like, he, it was like a big news story, and then he was just quietly there for years and years, yeah? You could have uh, could have chatted all about it, could have made friends. Joe, you could still be out there. Mate, I could be in Titan Towers getting my head chopped off by Vince McMahon right now for <laughs> giving him a piece of his fucking mind, the old bastard. <laughs> what would he have to pay you? Say it again. What would he have to pay you to do that, though? 
Well, it depends on the length of the contracts. I'd be prepared to go in there if I could, like, kind of give my notice and leave at any point, just for about a week or two, just so I could have it out with Vince, <laughs> give him some home truths, and then just be dragged out the door. Be a, be a pleasure. <laughs> I'd pay it. Yeah, I'd, I'd film it as well, mate. <laughs> I'm guessing, by the way, neither of you uh, bothered with, uh, with money in the bank last night. Uh, I was off work today, so I had a, I had a little, uh, little, little look at it. Now, my priority when I got in from work was the Game of Thrones finale. Uh, mm. Yeah, I don't think I've even thought about Money in the Bank. There was Game of Thrones to be watching. Yeah, I made sure to, to see that tonight, but my for anyone who's remotely interested in, in me trying to brainwash my children with wrestling, the elder boy, as since he's playing 2K19, has started getting into it, and he was even trying to, wanting to stay up to watch the pre-show last night. I was like, mate, I'm not staying up to watch it, so you're not, certainly. It's like... 11 o'clock, it was on. He was like, that's not happening. I'm like, I'm to tell him to go back to bed. But he got this morning, like, watching highlights of, of the show, telling me what happened. Did I want to know what happened? I was like, I kind of want to know what happened in the Game of Thrones finale, to be honest with you. I was yeah. up late and I was watching, I've been watching The Wire. I've been, ever since we talked about yeah. it on the show, I've been kind Ooh. of jumping right. I'm literally halfway through season, season three already. And I was oh. watching that and then it got to the time and I was like, I could put money in the bank on. But no, I'd rather watch Game of Thrones live, so I ended up watching that live instead. Um, but it's good you've uh, you've taught your son well, kind of JP. Yeah, well, uh, he's got he's joined the Grapple app, <laughs> so he's <laughs> I like, and I didn't tell him to do this. Like, junior I didn't member, make him do it. He's very much a junior member. He's got a couple of uh, he's got a couple of match ratings. I don't know if it's just another form of control from his father trying to keep an eye on exactly what he's doing. What matches is he rating? How's he rating them? We were, we were quizzing him a bit on stuff he didn't. He liked AJ versus Rollins, mm. but he wasn't. He, he thought he just wasn't quite there, but he couldn't quite say why. <laughs> and he was like trying to quiz it out of him. What <laughs> didn't he like about that match? Let's I was here for that, and uh, it was fascinating trying to where you get it out of him and yeah, yeah, teach him the ropes. <laughs> Basically, it's a long, long-term project. Expand his analytical wrestling mind, eh? Well, that's, yeah, that's basically Would it. Would you describe him as your protege? Well, I'm going to do that, and then I'm going to send him on to comment over to Meltzer, perhaps tidy up that office of his while he was there. Intern duties or Meltzer? In- intern duties. Yeah. Again, I think it's like tidying the office has to be one of the priorities. Perhaps he'll be taking the grapple reins off you one day. Will he? Do a dad and lad, what, do a lad show? You'll be, you'll be the Ned Stark to his Jon Snow, possibly. He's more likely to be, what, David Flair to my Ric Flair. Now, that's incredibly egotistical. Oh, mate, take Sean Bean. Come on. Oh, yeah. yeah. All right. Come on, take Sean Bean. That's I'll take Sean Bean. <laughs> okay. In When Saturday Comes, maybe? No, we'll, we won't go down When Saturday Comes, Ru. No. As much as I love that, Phil. Uh, <laughs> you, did you miss this nonsense, Benno? I missed it so much. Uh, <laughs> what, did, what did they go on the uh, AJ Seth match, by the way? Did they go higher or lower than four stars? Because that's what I went with it. I, uh, do you know what? I'm going to check right now. I can tell you what JP's son was doing when I got here, though. Uh, he was playing WWE 2K19 mm. as his uh, creator superstar character, Hardcore Houlihan. Hateful Houlihan. Hateful Houlihan. <laughs> And uh, he was at his first WrestleMania. He's had the, the US title for 11 months. He was in a four-way ladder match, which he unfortunately lost to Randy Orton. But he was whipping out some eye spots. It was like his face turn at that WrestleMania, wasn't it? Oh, there was some wicked bumps he took. He did a shooting star. Him and Neville and Randy Orton. And Randy Orton won, which JP wasn't happy about. But I was suggesting Never stories. off the bloody screen. He's always all over that universe mode. 
It's like him, Sami Zayn. Who's the other one for a bit? Never. He appears to have had like this epic Kabashi Masawa style feud with Neville. That seems well, to Neville's never put him over on his way out. Maybe. Right, four point two five. He gave Rollins Styles. Interesting. And then he Is gave. I know, he must have got two point seven five for Kings Kofi Kingston versus Kevin Owens. Okay. Or he said, although I'm sure he said he wasn't that. And then four stars. He's young for the ladder match. You know, <laughs> it's ladders, big spots. I mean, yeah. I can't argue too much. The, the ladder match, I gave it three point two five, but that's because I've seen so many ladder matches like it. It was like a, it was a good gift match. Like if you've seen the gifts, you've seen it. You know, if you've seen the the Brock moments, you've seen it. Uh, so yeah, if if you've seen any of that stuff on your phone already, there's no real reason. It's the type of match where you can be sat there on your phone watching it because they'll, if something good happens, they're going to replay it anyway. Uh, but maybe I'm more jaded. But to fresh eyes, yeah, I could I could see it being four stars or above. Well, it's kind of like his first proper like ladder match that he would have not taken part in, obviously. But the first ladder match that he would have sort of watched of his own accord without me forcing him to watch a ladder match, <laughs> basically. So, so I, I could see why I enjoyed it. Of the guys he liked, he liked um, Ali, Andrade, um, he thought Balor, Balor he, he, he does like, Ricochet he likes, doesn't like Lesnar. Well, he's met Ricochet. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. He was at the Broken Rope match, wasn't it, for yeah. um, what culture? I was suggesting storylines to his son as well that he could do, and I suggested that he makes JP on the game as a manager, and then he has a feud with him and Riddle, and JP's in the middle, and it's the fight for JP between his son and Riddle, and JP's got to decide which which side he's going to take over his son and Riddle. Like, put JP in the middle, and it's which direction he goes, which who he loves more. Wow. Well, in some ways, you could have me turn on my own son and sort of start managing Riddle a la sort of Brock Lesnar big big show feud. That's very Vince. That didn't really go anywhere though. It didn't really go anywhere. It'd be a better version of that. (laughs) Bloody hell. And then we'll have our WrestleMania moment at some point. Uh, You'll kick me in the balls one year and we'll hug her the next. That's how these (laughs) things work. Yeah. Was he not fuming then when uh, when Brock came out at the end of that ladder match? Uh, Yeah he doesn't doesn't like Brock. Yeah I've heard that we were talking about about this uh, about this tonight. He just doesn't like him. Mm. He, he just, I think he's bored of him. Mm. I am as well. well I, I mean, I've I've yet to see any of this stuff. So, oh well, apparently, at some point I'll see it towards the end of the week. Well, it came out there like this afternoon, didn't it? Apparently, it wasn't just a, like a surprise to us. Apparently, Mustafa Ali was at the top of the ladder about to grab the the money in the bank briefcase, and he shoot didn't know that Brock Lesnar was about to come out. Like they just did. They told him someone was going to push him off the ladder but they didn't tell him who it was going to be. Uh, apparently that's according to Walter oh, today. Brilliant. Jesus. And it's, <laughs> yeah, and, and Brock's known for his safety when he comes in, being able to obviously take, get someone off a ladder. So I'm assuming he nearly killed the poor fella on the way. Uh, it wasn't too bad. He just had to kind of stand there like an idiot holding onto the briefcase, like he'd been shocked into silence by Brock's music. Uh, he did a good job it's of It's a good theme, of, in fairness. It is, it is a very good... I mean, distraction WWE is kind of what they do, isn't it? But I felt bad for uh, for Ali, yeah, because he'd been bumping around the match, taking all the big bumps, letting the likes of Randy Orton take the night off, who uh, was in the match, um, whether you believe that or not. He was there somewhere. So <laughs> can't really blame when him. When hasn't he taken the night off? <laughs> I think of the bumps that Ali has taken as well. Well, he's... they. I don't feel comfortable the way they changed his name. That seemed like rather neat. Oh, to just Ali. To just Ali. Vincism, innit? Yeah, it is a Vincism. 
There's no getting around that one on there. I'm not surprised he killed it. It looked like there's at least two or three people in there who's happy to kill themselves. Hateful Hulahan won't be hateful Hulahan for much longer. Wait till Vince gets his hands and it will just be hateful. <laughs> hateful. Yeah, doesn't matter yeah. for that. It makes sense. <laughs> oh. I was I was good okay. that you haven't you haven't seen it then, Joe, because you haven't seen the uh, the, the big Shane and Misery match. Uh, actually, not worth watching. <laughs> it, it, right, the Shane and Miz feud for me ended at WrestleMania. It peaked with Miz's dad getting in the ring. Is there anywhere to go from there on? I've not seen any WWE <laughs> since WrestleMania. Apparently, uh, Shane broke his rib. Like, I was in the reserve last week, wasn't it? Like, during that spot, he broke Mrs. Dad's rib. I think Mrs. Dad did the running on an indie show last week as well. Was it AIW or, or somewhere like that AIW. as well? With his busted up rib, you know. I think that's what I wanted. It's not worth... Go- if, if that's what you're after, Joe, that's not... They really didn't do much of that stuff. It was just pretty much a straightforward cage match with, with Shane winning by taking his top off, um, essentially. Uh, no daft spots, unfortunately, in this one. Like, good on the man who's the best in the world for carrying on his win streak and <laughs> conquering a cage match and showing that, you know, he is the best in the world, well and truly, and he's got a good win streak going as well because, you know, wins and losses, when you when you want them to mean something, they can mean something. So good on, good on shame, but I don't feel like I'm missing out at this point. Uh, the feud's done for me. I think it peaked with the uh, tag match against the Usos at whatever pay-per-view is in place of what used to be called No Way Out before WrestleMania. What was that pay-per-view called? Oh, the Fast Lane to WrestleMania. Yeah, 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 yeah. The one match we watched of that in Germany, wasn't it? Uh, We were all knackered as well, so appreciating putting on the main event first. It's certainly a brave move, but I was glad they did it that night. Well, we went to bed after that. (laughs) It did. Perfect. Well, no interest in the rest of the show. Um Well, was, so do you only saw a couple of matches of Money in the Bank? Yeah, I kind of picked, I was, to be honest, I mean, we're going to be talking about progress later and I just needed a break from Super Strong Style. So like, mm. it, I think it tells you like how much I was struggling trying to get through the three days when I'm voluntarily putting WWE on. But I had a little look on the uh, on the Grapple app, you know, to see what uh, what ratings uh, that have been going on there, you know, um, Hardcore, uh, Hulahan, otherwise. Uh, but yeah, I think I just picked out the, uh, the highlight matches. I think... It's worth it's worth watching AJ Styles and Seth Rollins. I think I agree, JP. I mean, I didn't go for quite four point two five, but I think four is, mm. is what I went with that one. I think that's fair enough. Uh, it was a it was an AJ Seth AJ Styles Seth Rollins WWE match, but they did enough different, like the uh, the curb stomp into the Styles Clash counter, and there was a like a really cool uh, knee exchange on the apron from eight. They did enough different things that it wasn't just your cookie cutter WWE match even though it's still kind of at you know those spots where they both lay around while they're waiting to the replay waiting for the replay to finish um and doing all of the uh, the normal WWE tropes uh, they did enough to make it interesting so I kind of uh, agree with the uh, the grapple populace on that one that it was uh, ar- roughly around four stars as far as a match goes so it's worth checking that out uh, I think that got a uh, as far as the actual uh, ratings on the app go I think it, at the moment it's on 4.14 so that's about right uh i wasn't with everybody in the the ladder match like i said for me uh, i've seen it before so yeah not really worth going out your way to check that out but yeah other than that it wasn't hugely notable um i watched the roman reigns and elias and Rey mysterio and samoa joe matches both because they both went literally a minute or so uh, i thought that was interesting i was listening to a uh, post wrestling today listening to john and way do do their review of it and they were arguing about like you know what star rating do you actually give something like that where roman 
essentially came out and attacked Elias after he sang his song, got him in the ring, speared him and pinned him. That was the match. Um, but, it, you know, it kind of it was effective in getting, I suppose, Roman cheered. It was effective in, you know, the only strong, real, well, the strongest thing about Elias is is his pre-match stuff and not actually his bell to bell. So, yeah, they were discussing whether, is it fair to give something like that one star? Like, I was talking to Gareth, uh, who runs Grapple today, and he was kind of saying, well, yeah, when he was a kid, thinking about, like, remember when Ultimate Warrior uh, squashed Honky Tonk Man at SummerSlam 88? Oh, yeah. That went about a minute, and I'm sure the work rate snobs were fuming, but for me as a kid, yeah. I could agree that could be a, a near three-star match. Uh, I don't know. Is it is it the end result of the match and whether it achieves what it does or is it the actual in-ring that matters? Uh, interesting one. It's in, yeah, because I'm thinking of those. I think one of uh, the ones that always come to mind was Kushida versus Hiromu, where Hiromu beat Kushida in like under, was it under two minutes? And yes. it was like kind of yeah, really yeah, yeah. out of nowhere. Mm. And it was just like a wild two minutes. And, it, and they even managed to tell a kind of story in that as well, where um, it's sort of Kushida taking him somewhat lightly, um, and they managed to tell managed to tell that story. So that's uh, a lot of the times, though. If I'm reviewing, like, say I watch an episode of NXT, but the squash matches on there, I have a tendency to just sort of go one, one and a half because I'm almost viewing it as uh, or reviewing it, thinking, is this a match I tell people to go out of their way to watch? And I kind of think a lot of the time with them, they they're kind of it depends on your mileage on the person who's going over really Mm. and whether or not you're interested to see how they're presented rather than the match itself which is kind of almost incidental to that Mm. yeah that's it how invested you are probably yeah it does make all the difference of that stuff so yeah if you're big into your wwe style stuff then you know that was a a perfect wwe style angle but yeah as far as things to to run out and see uh that's not really on my list really um it was a long show but to be honest at the end of the day as much as i I hated the game of thrones finale i was much happier that i stayed Mm. and watched that instead why'd you hate it it was awful that's why I thought it was good. Oh, no. I, mean, I, I, thought I also about, thought it was good. I thought it was about as good as a finale. Well, I can't think of any great finales, really. I thought it was pretty good. I think it was the worst Wrapped finale. Wrapped everything up quite nicely. I think it was the worst finale I think I've ever seen of any TV oh, show. Really? Oh, lost. I, I, I mean, the Lost finale. See, I'm not a Lost fan. Um, I think, can we talk about it? Like, should we spoil the market? No. Is, it, is it worth going uh, into if you, if We can, but save it maybe for the very forward. end. <laughs> skip forward. You have to tell him exactly how far, though. Yeah, you write it in the show notes. Should we start a Game of Thrones podcast? Uh, that could work. Grap- grapple Game of Thrones. I think we've missed Grapple of Thrones. I think we've missed our missed our chance for it now. And I, I think we'd have to read the books. I ain't reading them books. <laughs> yeah, <they're probably> <laughs> <laughs> that's it. I'm definitely not planning on it now. Uh, maybe I'll give him another chance for the uh, the prequels. Maybe that could be fun. Um, but still, well, hopefully, Mrs. Brown's boys will come back on telly and we'll have something else to be able to kind of fill the gap <laughs> in our lives. I'll that's just it. stick to EastEnders from now on. I'll go back to that next week. <laughs> <laughs> that's it. As much as I dislike the, f- the finale, it was still preferable to staying up till four in the morning and watching Money in the Bank. So there's a, there's yeah. always that. Uh, but should we talk some wrestling? Should we talk some uh, yes. what's been in the news? I just want to know, you guys did a great job covering uh, some of the AEW stuff last week. There's obviously mm. been a few developments this week. I didn't really expect as far as wrestling stuff we were going to be talking about this week that we'd be kicking off uh, talking about a certain gate promotion in, in Nottingham. Um, but that's kind of big, the big story this week. Wrestlegate uh, hosting the uh, the Pac Hangman page match. Uh, are you all caught up on all the other uh, controversy with that stuff, Joe? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it's... I, 
I've been causing myself some trouble on Twitter. We've obviously set our stall out uh, quite uh, quite clearly on uh, on what we think on pack and what we uh, what we've kind of made of his uh, his indie run so far never mind you know how stellar the you know this dragon gate uh, title matches have actually been uh, but yeah uh, i don't know what you both make of it aw pulling him from from double or nothing this weekend uh, citing well they haven't outright said it but feeding to melter that it was a uh, creative differences that have caught it i've got some definitely some feelings on it happening this close to the show to kind of come to that realization but yeah what you what you make of it all uh, who's in the wrong and uh yeah uh, are, are you surprised by it at all um to be honest and it's gonna sound ridiculous and it's a bit of a cop-out i'm almost so apathetic towards pack i'm not that bothered i saw people like getting like kind of really upset i'm like oh he's not on it is he Nah. that was honestly my thought i've been kind of glo- like to the point where because of the, the, the zach match because of the osprey match i'm kind of not bothered yeah like, I, I... I'm, I'm intrigued by the michael oku match and i admire the fact and there are obviously people who know a lot more about about puro than than what we do and i get the loyalty to to dragon gate stuff truth be told i just couldn't care about him yeah i kind of think to myself you know what cool <laughs> here's an opportunity for a nice surprise and a show that i'm still really looking forward to and mm. my enjoyment is maybe heightened with him off the card because he's a wrestler that has killed any semblance of interest that i've got in him over the last six months and i put everything entirely on him killing that interest because i think he's got to understand that yeah he's taken this role as dragon gate champion seriously apart from a few a minority of people in the western world don't people really give two fucks about dragon gate three of us included right here and we watch mm-hmm. a lot of wrestling and we love wrestling um i've never liked dragon gate i've given dragon gate several tries over the year i've never got into it um it's just never been for me fair play if it's your thing just not for me and i think to myself in the western world he probably needs to kind of appreciate that this stuff doesn't translate in the way that he may think it kind of does and needs to put a lot less importance on this belt when he's in the Western world. I get why he might do it when he's in Japan, but at the same time, I think ultimately, in the end, he's going to kill and dampen interest in him outside of Japan. And that's a massive shame because I speak to a lot of wrestling fans and none of us at this point really have any interest in seeing Pac anymore. And that's all of his own doing, if you ask me. Mm. I think I kind of got myself, like, at the Dragon Gate point, like, I... I'm not a Dragon Gate fan, like as you say. I don't hold Dragon Gate in the esteem that Pac does personally. That's fair enough. I, I think I, I I can see both sides on it in that like basically like my I did a tweet basically saying it's only fucking Dragon Gate, and I got loads. Of, the 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 twenty people who watch Dragon Gate were all I'm only messing in my mentions. The, the people who watch Dragon Gate who take it very seriously were in my mentions. Go well, you know he takes this. He takes. Dragon Gate seriously, he, he feels like he owes them a debt. He wants to when he lo- when he loses, he wants he wants to do it in the right way, and it wants it wants he wants it to mean something in, in Dragon Gate. And I get all that, and I get it from his point of view. I just think if you're a wrestling promotion, as I think maybe because we've been so exposed to it with Rev Pro, in that case, great. But why would you book him? Like what? Like yeah. it's it, to. I mean, I've kind of said this, and like. 
I think with Rev Pro, it's understandable because it's Rev Pro. And my point of view, my point of view of, well, it's only Dragon Gate. Like, I can understand, you know, Rev Pro having to adhere to New Japan politics. I find it a little bit more difficult accepting that, you know, say a Rev Pro have to book a round pack to, to protect Dragon Gate. But I can kind of see it. But for who AEW are supposed to be in this landscape going forward, <laughs> if you're an AEW, like... Like, the take it you can't take that here that is not that's enough not a good enough reason to have one of your wrestlers refusing to lose so I just wouldn't book him and that it kind of circles back to kind of what you're saying there joe that well yeah okay great i'm i'm fine with not seeing him then in that case because if, if this is going to be the situation then it's not worth it for a promotion like AEW to pr- protect the I, i'm trying not to be sarcastic with the, the sanctity of of dragon gate Dragon Gate TNT. Let's think <laughs> about it that way. Yeah, puts mm. it into perspective, doesn't it? He's not Bruiser Brody, and it's not the 1980s. That's long gone. Like he could have lost to Osprey, and it wouldn't have meant that much. I get that you've got a whole load and layer of Japanese politics involved in losing to Osprey and Zach, but Hangman Page does it mean that much? Ultimately, not really. Unless you want it to mean something it doesn't mean that much and yeah maybe that's a lack of understanding of dragon gate on my part quite possibly maybe it's a little bit of ignorance on my part but let's i'm gonna say it again dragon gate tnt like come on yeah yes it's, it's kind of like i mean i i i kind of see that like for him it means something but it doesn't mean it should mean to everyone else the fact that is it ben k that they're trying to make it in dragon gate yes. jp that's the that's the idea that at, at some point he's gonna put him over but again can't yeah. be soon enough that he's gonna carry on getting bookings <laughs> over here do you, think, do you think that's what aw were thinking that, that i mean that's 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 my read of the situation that on the one hand i do think it's fair to criticize aw in this situation because i do think for this to be something that's come to like the week before the pay-per-view i don't know if that's excusable but I can kind of, I, I can't imagine, you know, them thinking, you know, three, four months ago, whenever it was with the, when this match was, was first, you know, the idea came up and they decided they were going to start using PAC that, you know, they probably imagined at some point, you know, if there is an, if there is a political issue with this belt, you know, he's going to lose it at some point. Uh, I believe as well, there was a story out there, wasn't there as well, JP, that like, it wasn't so much that he couldn't lose to Hangman Page. It was more, you know, they're building up a match with Kenny Omega. And he can't, yeah. he can't lose the Ken- I mean, he can't lose the Kenny Omega. I mean, that's just to me again. That's ridiculous to know. Uh, okay, I, I put it in a box. I do know. You know, these are Pac's personal, personal opinion and, his, and and what he what he wants to do. And I get his reasons, but on the face of it, that is a ridiculous situation. So I kind of, on the one hand, I think AEW deserves some criticism for maybe not having this conversation a while ago. Um, mm. Do you think that's it, JP? Do you think the reason it's only coming to like this week is that maybe they they didn't think about this and they they haven't been? I mean, Tony Khan's had all those Rev Pro shows. Have they not been paying attention to to what's been happening with Pack in uh, in Rev Pro well, and the other companies he's been working? That's it. He's been at the two pack, the big two big pack matches. He's been there. He's been watching those those two matches as well, and he would have seen the reaction in, and that really should have set some sort of alarm bells off. I I do see that. I, I honestly think it, it's probably where it's strange because obviously Big Tone reads the Observer, but clearly he's not necessarily too up to date on the meaning of Dragon Gate <laughs> in the twenty first century. Um, I I kind of think 
what happened here, and it's laudable what he wants to do. If you look at it on the face of it, what he wants to do in Dragon Gate and the stories of him taking them out to dinner, that's that's all very good and well. But in some ways, there needed to be the conversations with the promoters of, look, I'm trying to do this thing for a company that showed a lot of faith in me when others didn't. And therefore, like booking him necessarily into matches that are going to involve storylines is a gigantic waste of time. Booking losing one match that isn't in the company come on like yeah do it let's think about it from a new japan perspective but if he's that adamant to do it i I, i'm of the agreement of like well don't book him then don't put him in that position let him do this thing of getting ben k over yeah like if that's what he really really wants to do fine like i personally i don't care that's like that's fine i think AEW. yeah they probably should have thought about this earlier Without a doubt, because it's a week before a pay-per-view. It does seem a bit ridiculous that this is being sorted a week before a pay-per-view when it was probably an issue a lot earlier on that could have been sorted out. But at the same time, losing one match... Like, let's think about it from a New Japan perspective. All right, I get the Rev Pro is way below what New Japan is in the grand scheme of things, right? We do moan about New Japan guys going over sometimes. And I think rightly so, especially when you've got like a Tai Chi going over a Chris Brooks. But obviously they they see Tai Chi as more than we do. He's never champion now or the rest of it. Mm. We now they book long term. Okay, so we've got annoyed about, I suppose, similar things mm. in that respect. But think about it from an exclusive New Japan point of view. When they were getting a Carter over, a Carter still lost matches in like G1s and stuff, right? And he was allowed to lose the odd match, right? Ultimately... I know it's outside of the company, but it's a match. It's one match that he might lose, okay? Wouldn't Shingo what? lose matches if he was like, because he did Champions Carnival and stuff like that? I didn't yeah. follow it, so I couldn't tell you. But I, it, I just don't understand the big deal about losing one match, especially if he's beating Paige, and then he's going to lose to Omega. Like, the bookings that he's costed himself here, mm. the money he's costed himself, like, fuck me, Dragon Gate should buy him a few fucking houses maybe give him like a kingdom uh, in japan or something at this point <laughs> the thing I, I was hearing from people is apparently that doesn't matter to him and that's fair enough you know if money doesn't matter to him and this kind of prestige doesn't matter to him i can i mean that's commendable isn't it but at the same yeah. time cool don't book him there he, he could also help build another company to rival the company that really didn't help him too much and were kind of bastards to him at the mm-hmm. same time like there's that angle to it as well and i sort of think mm, being a bit short-sighted from that on that part here you could kind of really kind of benefit and help the wrestling world and be part of this rival if anything but then maybe he's not motivated by that well i suppose it's revenge in a sense isn't it maybe he's not <laughs> motivated by that fair play to him if he's not i suppose mm. it's one of them as well isn't it if they kill it on pay-per-view at the weekend and if you know, like I say, maybe we're the wrong audience because we're all quite pessimistic on Pac. So I was kind of the same as you, shrugging my shoulder. Oh, well, Pac's off the show now. Uh, I can live with that. If they, but if they kill it with, you know, uh, it probably won't happen. But a Moxley or they do something smart with whatever they do with Hangman Page. Otherwise, uh, we won't be talking about it. Um, and, you know, it'll the, the, the AEW train will kind of carry on. Um, the other thing I was going to say, linked to all that, uh, again, this came out after you recorded last time. Unfortunately, the uh, AEW getting the 
TV deal on TNT and also put uh, mm. all the all the pay per view stuff. You know, you guys covered the uh, the ITV stuff our end. Unfortunately, the uh, the Americans aren't as lucky. Fifty dollars, sixty dollars. Uh, I think it's fifty. Forty nine ninety five. Any thoughts on that kind of stuff? I mean, I'm, I'm <laughs> I, I kind of think like if you're gonna be starting like this promotion up, like you really do you not. Surely you want everybody watching this? Like, I, I mean, I, I, they're going to make the most money out of the smallest amount of fans by by putting it on pay per view at that price in the mm-hmm. US. And obviously, you know, it's a different thing than over here. You know, fifteen pound over here is more reasonable. That's because that's more what we're used to. Uh, but that kind of made me question things a little bit as well. The wisdom of doing that, I suppose, you want to set your stall out. You don't want to, you know. Whether could they have done a TV special on TNT? Probably not. Could they have made it cheaper? Uh, and then raise the price later. I suppose that's harder to do. Uh, I don't know. How, how, how would you uh, you fall on all that stuff and uh, and all the news about the uh, the TNT deal too? I think with the pay per view stuff, the issue is they've got deals with traditional pay per view, and obviously traditional pay per view is mm. looking for as much content as they can get their hands on, and so, as much money, and as much money. Exactly. And you think of the profit share, and like, like Ring of Honor will have like they'll have their regular shows on on their online service for say. $20, but when it comes to ones that are actually on proper pay-per-view, they're in the same boat, aren't they? They'll be charging, like, is it 40 yep. something like that for some of their shows? It's, it's 45 I think, because I think it's the same for Impact as well. Who the fuck would pay $45, let alone $20 for a Ring of Honor show? <laughs> it happens. <laughs> like, yeah. I'll pay it in five I mean, bucks, but yeah, no, not real money. But, but they have to, I mean, and for that to happen, all of those deals to happen, they have to say if it's on any other streaming platforms, they can't undercut the pay-per-view, what the pay-per-view companies are, are charging. Otherwise, it would take away buys from that, which then makes you wonder, is traditional pay-per-view really what they want to go for? But as you've seen with like WWE, there's still those areas, particularly in the US, where they can get somewhere in the region of like ten to 15,000 traditional pay-per-view buys mm. and i've heard it described down because there's issues with broadband in certain parts of of america as well um and so therefore fans around there they have to order on traditional pay-per-view for that for that to happen so i think that's the reason for the price i don't think the price is a good idea and to be honest with you whether or not they could have done something they should have done something cheaper for that i kind of think they should have done um as a TV deal, um, I actually think it's a really, really good deal, particularly on the production side, mm. because, I mean, I wasn't necessarily one of those people who's like, oh, my God, they haven't got the same production they got from All In. It's like, no, they don't have Ring of Honor production. Oh, well, they'll get by. <laughs> and it's now they've got a proper television uh, company in there, and they're going to be able to hopefully do some stuff that's even reasonably innovative when it comes to cameras and, and what they're going to be able to do in terms of the presentation. And that is worth a hell of a lot, that production. And effectively, that's the trade-off. Um, I think uh, as far as a station, I've been looking at ratings. It's very much on that kind of premiere. Like, it challenges USA for cable ratings. I think the highest stuff can do anything up to, like, kind of 2 million um, and then it goes down as low as sort of like half a million or so, which I've heard is that's the kind of target for them to start. They don't have NBA coverage anymore on TNT. They do. They, they do, do that on Tuesdays it. and Thursdays. Yeah, I've been listening so. a lot about that. It would look like, you know, logic would tell you Wednesdays. Mm. Sod the name. Is the name Tuesday Night Dynamite worth enough that you're like, no, we'll be preempted by NBA coverage the whole way. But I think the. 
Um, Wednesday is the one that makes sense. They're going to be able to plug it on basketball shows on Tuesday as well. That's going to be a big deal. Um, I think it's it's a really good it's a really good move. Oh, I'm just thinking of like DDP and like I'm trying to think of the Carl Malone. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, we need like LeBron and Kenny Omega. <laughs> I'm up for that. James yeah. Harden and Houston Rockets. I think it's his name. Like yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah this, this is what we I'd need. Game for that. They'd be game for that as well, wouldn't they? Well, let's see. Let's see. And to be honest, basketball feels as kind of maybe it's just me. It feels as hot as it has been for, for, a, for a long time. For a long yeah. time. Yeah. Well, although it's like big six, stars, but the ratings are down this year because Lakers didn't get to the playoffs, aren't they? And yes. LeBron being at the Lakers and all that. So yeah. hopefully that's a blip for a season. And, once AEW's up and rolling, we'll have a great Lakers season next mm. year with LeBron and we'll have uh, the Young Bucks courtside. <laughs> That's it, yeah. And you can uh, you can bring uh, TNT back to it, uh, its heights of past. Uh, it could all fit together oh, yeah, quite well. New series of Mortal Kombat. <laughs> Was that on TNT? Do you not remember it used to follow WCW? No, I don't remember that. Yeah, yeah. Remember the Mortal Kombat series? No. Mortal Kombat and they had Raffin and um, yeah, they did like crossover with Mortal Kombat back in the day. Well, they have got Glacier and the Battle Royale. How have you forgot that? Of I, all the people, I, I don't know. Yeah, that definitely happened. And there used to be adverts for like Mortal Kombat coming up next. I remember being on holiday right. in America mm. and Nitro finishing and Mortal Kombat being the next show on. Yeah. <laughs> definitely happened definitely happened I, i'll take your word for it i have to, I have to check this out return of nitro parties maybe oh, you, go. you could bring all that back do all the spring you got joey Janela right there you can do the spring break stuff oh we're having a bit of a nitro party on saturday watching double or nothing i suppose aren't we we are aren't we? we need to get yeah who do they have come was it lee marshall used to turn yeah up yeah yeah even though <laughs> lee marshall would be in the town a week before reporting and everyone was looking forward to nitro and how crazy it was the monday before looking forward to the next nitro <laughs> yeah <laughs> oh, we were kind of um you were saying last week as well weren't you about uh it about uh, where the where you're actually going to watch it are you watching it on fight now that it's available on fight that you can get it online are you using the uh the itv box office uh what's your plan I think um, it's likely to be ITV box office. I think we should go ITV box office. I want it to be a success. Supposedly on there as well. Yeah. So I think go for that. I also want to see the coverage. I mean, I'm kind of intrigued to yeah, see the coverage yeah. the president, good and bad. It's mm. like you, we've kind of got to know how this works as a service. So I imagine it's going to be that I can get it through the PS4, which seems easy enough to do mm. 40.95 i mean like we said on the the show last week it was such an easy watch wasn't it first time round it was like mm. oh okay it just all came to an end and it was what 4 a.m and it was like that was a lot easier than i thought but we've got an hour extra this time though haven't we yeah we have yeah, yeah. we have mm. and then there's all the pre-show stuff as well that they're going to be the, the yeah. buy-in bit that's the bit i'm hoping they bring jim rosenthal in for <laughs> <laughs> ITV's legendary and perennial sports presenter. Yeah. Who so vaguely much looks the programming like... you could do. Oh, God. I'm having dreams right now about what you could do with that. <laughs> well, I'll present them to you next week. I won't get too distracted. It's also to add on the Jim Rosenthal front. He vaguely looked like the devil. Uh, yep. <laughs> Just wanted to bring that up. <laughs> <laughs> but there you go. Yeah, I, uh, I, I was thinking that while I was listening to you last time. Uh, you know, AEW were getting on ITV. 
in the meantime, WWE ended up on BT Sports, I think. Mm. <laughs> There's an opportunity over here too, isn't there? People shouldn't sleep on that uh, in the UK. The fact that you know they could do they could do pay-per-views over here. They get a real partnership with ITV. Obviously, none of us know where it's headed next. I believe the, the pre-show is being shown on ITV proper the night after. Uh, you say, throw some shoulder programming, you know, have a have a highlight show. Uh, ITV were never good when they took over Match of the Day, but I could I could believe them taking over uh, some wrestling programming doing it. Um, Mate, you know, the, they the are sports us. division, not the uh, the ITV World of Sport uh, Entertainment Division. They they've worked hard on improving the football front, but still, as wrestling fans, for first of all, getting rid of WCW, and then the World of Sports stuff, they owe us. Bring Roy Keane in to do some wrestling punditry. Because <laughs> he's the main draw when it comes to ITV football coverage for me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Big go. Roy. I want to do an impression of him, but I just can't. Well, wait imagine. till he starts doing punditry and wrestling, mate. Then you'll have plenty to talk about. <laughs> there you go. Good work. But yeah, we're going to be, uh, we'll be, we'll be talking all about that next week. Obviously, we'll do a, a full review of the show. Uh, you'll be able to as well. I wanted to mention too, you on uh, on the Grapple app, AEW will be up for the weekend. So you'll be able to add your ratings live during Double or Nothing. JP, could you get both of the lads on there, there this time? Might let them, if they're here, might let them stay up for it. Might let Tommy... Oh. do that the youngest ain't staying up for it is he, he no he won't out of sheer protest yeah if you give him the offer though i'll be interested to see how far in he goes <laughs> i'll give him half an hour before he leaves the room in absolute disgust <laughs> worth <laughs> worth doing it but yeah i'll get tommy to live rate it there we go we can do that he can can also rate uh dragon gates on grapple now too you know throw a bone to the to the poor dragon gate fans you can uh you can rate dragon gate too get him into that well, too, I- JP. I did watch two matches of that Dead or Alive show. Did you? Dragon Day. So okay. I watched the Pack Dragon Kid match, which was very good. But I have to say, he's going to go 180 degrees. I like the presentation of what they do with the title with the keys <coughs> for the belt and the and the national anthem. I actually quite like that. Oh, I stuff. love the national anthem stuff. That stuff is really. It was really weird because Pack was like when it was the when it was God Save the Queen. He was like. He started to move, started to walk around the ring looking really angry. It's like Good, it's an awful anthem. I, I wouldn't sing it if I was... <laughs> fuck that, I don't believe in God and I can't stand the royal so family. Mean, Why would I be singing that shite? Sorry. <laughs> I've always thought, and I said this before last summer, National Anthem before England Games should have been replaced after Euro 96 with Free Lions. Imagine how up for it crowds would be, especially a dead Wembley, if you're singing football's coming home before every game rather than... God save our gracious queen. Half the fucking crowd don't believe in God. And how many of them are royalists, really? Sorry. It's all right. <laughs> <laughs> so the dead are alive. Dead <laughs> <laughs> Dragon Gate. Um, I watched that as well, just because it's a batshit affair. Um, I think that's all I've got to give on Dragon Gate for this month. Uh, I'll, I'll it's look- crazy rules, which are even too long for me to go into. But it's always worth a punt on it. I was a, I was Dragon Kid looking. Uh, I, I saw somebody posted something the other day that I didn't realize he was on Nitros. Mm. Like I didn't realize he went that far back. Like, little Dragon. Yeah, Is Little Dragon. Cool? He was called. Yeah. Uh, it's was, it was fine. I think that, you know they had an interesting package beforehand, which kind of built up his role to challenge him for the title. But ultimately, I it didn't necessarily I didn't necessarily get the drama that he was going to win and I think that's something that kind of took away from it for me and he wasn't as good as say the KZ match um, but yeah it's it's. I gave it four stars I think it's it's a good match to watch and it's one of the ones that are probably at slightly the top end of the sort of pack matches that I've seen 
There you go. Well, people can uh, can join you and throw their ratings on uh, on Grapple for Dragon Gate as well. Um, what else have you been watching this week? Did you have you been catching up on the uh, best of the Super Juniors, JP? Are you seeing any of that this week, or or you, Joe? Um, I saw little bits of it last week, but. I'm a bit behind. I've watched mm. some Elfans Hasbro stuff, which I thought was very good. Osprey Bushi was good. Um, oh, we spoke Bushi. about Show Shingo last week. I'll be completely honest. Uh, watching this super strong style, which we're going to talk about in a minute, has been an absolute slog. Yeah, yeah. And I had to take breaks from that. And I binged Game of Thrones over, over the weekend. So I was taking breaks in between watching Super Strong Style to watch something that I was enjoying a lot more than Super Strong Style and Game of Thrones. That's probably why you're more up on the series. Than yeah. Most, yeah. And then my my, um, my girlfriend's sister was staying for the weekend, big EastEnders fan, so I caught up with what's been going on in the square recently as well and watched uh, four episodes of that yesterday as well. So didn't have a chance to fit any best of Super Juniors in, unfortunately. Oh, that's a shame. That's the important stuff, though, Joe. That's what you need to see. Um, I was going to yeah. say, was there anything of a sort of show Shingo level in East in EastEnders over those four days that you saw? Um, well, Barry Grant's not been around, but there's some stuff brewing between... Uh, Phil and Keanu, which I'm uh, quite enjoying at the moment. So, is that the young lad who works in the garage? <laughs> yeah, what do you know? It's a mate that's like one of the, the other episodes. What I I've love seen. is I can always work as AJ. He looks like he's about 25, but he's 20. And I know he's 20 because he was born in 1999. And I love the fact that he was named after Keanu Reeves at the year The Matrix was released. <laughs> I think on the EastEnders writer's part there, that was a cracking choice of name like if a neo turns up as well like yes <laughs> i have to say when it came to best of super juniors don't know, i don't know how much you've got to see i love trying to bring these things around i'm not even bothering with segues anymore um can i just bring something up i'm just looking up the mortal kombat series with conquest immediately following tnt's top writer program wcw monday nitro wcw wrestlers meng and wrath filmed separate appearances uh so yeah there you go that's the one you're thinking of isn't it benno oh i could see them both as characters like that would make sense even in the games they would fit perfectly like that would that would be awesome that now i just want to hunt those down and watch those episodes yeah and it was syndicated well it was on tnt and it was syndicated for quite a while as well apparently on tnt so yeah <laughs> i'm gonna just get to youtube it's an awful tv show I can imagine. Maybe it's just me, but I'm sure I saw the Ronda Rousey interview she did with like UFC, where she was talking about sort of effectively sort of life post wrestling for for a while and how much she enjoyed it. And I think one of the things she might be doing is playing. Oh, I'm trying to think of the name of the character. I want to say Sonya Cage. Is it from um, from Mortal Kombat? She's playing. It's been such a long time. I can't yeah, remember yeah. the names. But she's she's playing a character in a what is I think is gonna be a rebooted film version. See, so I remember that film version like I, very She'll bad. bring what Kylie Minogue brought to the Street Fighter. I was gonna film. say I was more of a Street Fighter guy. Uh, Kylie Minogue, Jean Claude Van Damme. Uh, Raul, Raul Julia. Oh, he was so Oscar good. Oscar nominated uh, Kiss of the Spider Woman. Yeah, his M. Last Bison. Film. His last film as well. Uh, yeah, that was one of those films I had on tape as a kid. That you know, you always had that one tape that you just play over and over and over again in lieu of anything <laughs> else to watch. That was mine, Street Fighter. So I've got an uh, an undue love of that film. Uh, it's definitely got a be- a bigger place in my heart than Mortal Kombat. I've, I'm a Tekken man. Oh, fair no, you do. Yeah. You like Tekken, don't mm. you? 
Complete Tekken two and three. I remember buying Tekken one and completing that in a day on Christmas Day, and then just being bored with it. Then after that, uh, it didn't have the depth of Street Fighter for me. Oh mate, you missed out the second Street... and the third one. Or oh. I was all about Street Fighter two and arcades because mm. that's that's where it was. Yeah, almost like sort of pre. So you went there after school, basically. It was like winter stays on. It's quite pretty. They had that. They had Chase HQ. Final fight in there as well. I still remember Double Dragon and Golden Axe. That's how old I am. Golden Axe was great. And bumping off school, go to the Trocadero Mm. to go and play the WrestleMania game they had there. But it was also in a Turkish calf across the road in Palmer's Green. So I found (laughs) out fucking years later, me legging it like a plum to go to, uh, uh, what do you call it, uh, Piccadilly Circus, when I could have gone to fucking Palmer's Green and played it there. What, we having a kebab and a game of WrestleMania? It was, no, it was just like a calf. So a Turkish tea in a game of WrestleMania. Yeah, basically. Yeah. Sounds awesome. <laughs> well up for it now. <laughs> oh. I enjoyed Bushy and Will Ospreay, though. Yeah, it was very good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was good. <laughs> I enjoyed, I had rock- I, on a serious note, yeah, I was going to say, the Rocky Romero match has probably been my favourite. Like, Ospreay in general, I thought his match with Yo the other day was really good. Lots of good leg work in there. Thought the, like I say, the Bushy match was was very good. Lots of Osprey spelling, selling of, I think it was his neck in that one. Uh, I thought that was really good. Um, you know, considering it's Bushy in there too, I think that's almost even more of an accomplishment. I think I went four stars on Grapple on that. But yeah, the, the standout for me there, Joe, is the, the Rocky Romero match from this last week. Uh, there was just there was just something special about that one. Like I was watching it knowing the finish and I was still cheering for Rocky Romero. Uh, I don't know whether it was the, the work of the two wrestlers or the, the commentary with uh, Caprice Coleman being right on Rocky Romero's side. But yeah, there was something about that match that kind of stood out from the pack for, for me for this last week of uh, Super Junior stuff. Have you seen a bit of Rocky Romero match before? Maybe the ma- I, I still love the match with Joe at ROH Gold. Uh, oh, yeah, that just... is good. And the one with Brian's good as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Both of them where it's more of like a, a shoot fight style. But as far as like a, a bell-to-bell wrestling match, yeah, I think this is as good as I can think of with, with, uh, with Rocky Romero. Maybe there might be some tags in there I'm not thinking of, but as far as singles, well, yeah. This singles, just, yeah. It, incredible yeah i've never been i never thought like at this point in his career especially when he's pretty much a commentator at this point uh that i'd be so into a rocky romero match it's interesting that his three best matches have been with three of the absolute best ever in their prime as well isn't it <laughs> there is something to that isn't it <laughs> yeah <laughs> like i like him but he's a good he's i promise a tag team wrestler but i was thinking his matches are going to be skippable with this but i'll definitely watch the osprey match for sure oh, yeah. Yeah, def- yeah. Def- what did you make of shingo show benno i enjoyed it i really liked it i wasn't as high as, as you guys i think you did a great job of breaking it down but i really liked it probably not i, I do think osprey rocky romero is probably my favorite of the tournament though um wow. I can't, for me i think i've just liked the variety of it like you've had a big like a match like that, you know, where where it did was almost felt like a heavyweight uh, New Japan match or anything, and then it was, you know, shows coming out party. I think he's going to be, you know, his match with Dragon Lee was really good too. I think he's going to be a big part of the story of this tournament. Um, but no, I think I'm more more than anything, I've appreciated the the variety of this tournament that you've got stuff like that going on. You got stuff you mentioned uh, El Fantasmo stuff like you know just watching him kind of just. Uh, I know some of his crowd work hasn't been for everybody, but I think this is the best, most charismatic kind of work I've seen from El Fantasma, the best personality work I've ever seen from him. You know, he had a, a match with Robbie Eagles this week as well, which was basically a heel versus heel match, and he just completely outshined Robbie Eagles, just bringing out so much more 
personality that I didn't know he had. So, like, I love that you got that stuff going on. You got Gresham kind of low-key killing it on the undercards in these fun little technical matches, like the one he had with, with Takamishinoku this week. Uh, I've just, I thought this was a tournament I thought I'd be skipping a whole lot of, and while I'm still picking and choosing and kind of using grapple as my guide, uh, it, I've been watching well more of it than, than I actually thought I might. Awesome. Yeah, I feel well behind on this. So yeah. this week's going to be a bit of a catch-up, if anything. I, I think it is, and I think, you know, Joe hinted at it before, and I know you've very much said as much. I think, like, watching Super Strong Style kind of really took it out for me, so I'm almost feeling like, right, I need, like, they have, they're having that three-day break. I need a couple of days break, mm. and then I'll catch up when I feel a bit more sort of, like, reinvigorated, being able to sort of mentally being able to take these matches in. Because mm. I think the issue is if I watch them, like, now, it feels like I've watched so much wrestling over the last couple of days. I'm like, okay, I don't think my brain could... I think it's really probably because you've watched really quite poor presentation of wrestling, let's be honest. Yeah, doesn't help. It's not best of Super Juniors, is it? No, but I guess no. we'll get into that shortly. Yeah, we will. <laughs> That's it. Uh, I suppose, we, yeah, we probably should get into that stuff. Uh, just, but yeah, just uh, if anyone is uh, looking out for best of the Super Junior recommendations, definitely check that stuff out on Grapple. But yeah, mm-hmm. um, that's, that was kind of the fun part of my week. And yeah, the, the progress <laughs> stuff was probably the less fun start stuff. So unless you've got anything else, uh, should we talk about that? Unless there's anything else you've been watching? Nah, let's do it. Let's get straight into Super Strong Style 16. Yeah, let's talk it. Uh, two weeks late, uh, the VOD is finally out. <laughs> We've managed to all see it. I had a, I was off work today. Uh, I had a great day, just basically watching Super Strong Style the entire way through. I was threatening to watch it all weekend. I kept te- kept being about to put it on and then just finding anything else to do. Went for a walk, listened to some Wu Tang Clan, watched the Wu Tang Clan documentary, caught up up, up up on some other stuff, then went back to it, then stopped to watch some WWE. It literally, in the end, took me pretty much a, a full day uh, to get through this show. I don't know what that tells you about it. I was kind of, I was excited to see it two weeks ago to, to, to as Super Strong Star was going on. They were doing some Facebook live streams that I, I, I kind of enjoyed sitting down and watching. It kind of made me think, oh, could they offer this anyway? It's not demonstratively, tr- demonstratively worse than the actual edited version that ends up on the VOD. Uh, the venue is going to come off shite either way, so I don't think you really lose anything by by streaming um, through Facebook on someone's phone. Uh, but yeah, they, they finally got it out on VOD, and yeah, did uh, did you two have as, as much fun as I did watching uh, Progress's uh, biggest weekends of the year from home? This was one of the hardest slogs <laughs> I found to get through three shows as quickly as it was. Mm. And I'm not joking when I say that. And I'm also thinking of the amount of shows we watched over WrestleMania. Yeah, Progress release strategy has been absolutely shocking recently. Releasing that TLC match during WrestleMania weekend when there's a million other shows going on at that point in time. Then just the edit on this show has just been just dumb just absolutely dumb like it sort of speaks it's kind of in kind of encapsulates just their kind of where they are with this product at the moment because i think this was an absolutely terrible weekend really if i'm honest with you i think it was a slog to get through it wasn't enjoyable the atmosphere was bad and it's a company who are out of it out of ideas and is stuck in the past and their release strategy is stuck in the past as well because at this point you shouldn't be releasing what was seen as your hottest point in the year two weeks after the fact. It's just not the way this should be at this point. 
Yeah, it's just like any buzz that was coming, and there was buzz. You know, the David Starr winning the thing outright it was a a big story a couple of weeks ago. <laughs> I mean, at this point, though, yeah, like we say, AW is happening next weekend. There's all kinds of other wrestling going on. Progress have moved on to promoting their '80s show. It just feels really inconsequential, though, doesn't it? So, although we've all seen it or at least seen the the bulk of it, I mean, I, I, there's no merit in us going through match by match at this point, is there? It's more of a we'll have to do more of an overview than anything and it's just yeah uh i think i might have been much more up for this a couple of weeks ago but i think that plus uh, being honest like i'd heard big reviews of you know how much fun the third day was but that didn't mean anything when you were trying to get through that that first and second day i mean i don't think nothing was outright bad either was it there was just i was looking at your ratings on grapple jp of between two and three stars for pretty much every match on the first day which is kind of what i did uh and it was just just i was just unenthused and trying to get through i think it i wish i'd you know yeah, gareth who runs grapple offered uh, offered me a ticket for the weekend and will cooling kind of made the joke as well that like you're actually better off just for a weekend like this you're better off being in the building because you get your weekend you can have a few pints you can enjoy your weekend seeing your mates and you've seen the shows it's a much more, I don't know, much more easier prospect than actually trying to sit down now two weeks later and and get through what, to be honest, there were high points, and we should definitely point them out, but what was, especially for the first two days, just a, a slog of a couple of days worth of wrestling. Good thing I went there, because I'd have rang everyone's mood down. <laughs> because, you know, getting through it, talking or not, this was utter shit. I wouldn't have been in a good mood watching this. I had a great time at uh, the Rev Pro show a couple of weeks ago, mm. but it was a great show, and the the buzz in the room and the positivity of the show made the night better as well. Whereas stuck in big, wide, empty, high ceilinged alley pally after the slog up that hill, watching this shite would not have made me feel happy. Just that first day, I watched it just over <laughs> a week ago. I remember so little of it. It was just instantly forgettable. Like you compare it to say 16 carat that we all went to this year. Mm. And you think of that first day of 16 carat and the high spirits on that first day Mm. and the main event on that first day as well. And how memorable that main event is. I'm going to remember that main event for the rest of my life. I think. Whereas Chris Ridgway, Kyle O'Reilly is a match that I haven't forgotten yet, but I really would like to forget it because it was dull really really dull if i kept seeing people calling this a dream match if chris ridgeway is in a dream match of yours <laughs> you've not watched enough wrestling <laughs> can't argue too much i mean I, I i mean devil's advocate i thought the match was good it's just not my style i'm not the best man to defend it because i'm not into the the kicky chris ridgeway style i get why i get why people like him but yeah, it was dream match. Yeah, that's that. That's yeah. I would never describe it as that. I'm probably a bit higher on it, maybe than than both of you. We sort of dis- describe oh, it on that. It, and, and I was saying, is Joe one of the? It's a, another kind of little news note, but obviously he's off to Japan to do a tour for Noah, and it makes me think that he kind of really needs to do a bit of a stint out there to kind of mm. like refine what kind of wrestler exactly he is. It's. And that seems to be the place where he should really go and do it. So I think if there's a, a, a positive to take from sort of Chris Ridgway, that's him maybe doing that might be something that would help him. Yeah, and all power to him if it works yeah. out for him over there. I get it as a, yeah. like a stylistic 
kind of dream match if we're going to defend those people. But at the same time, is it really a dream match when the booking Kyle O'Reilly, who, you know, was available before, you know, he worked, he worked PCW, he's, he's been over here and they've never really, you know, this wasn't a match that was on the table when Kyle O'Reilly was available or, or another match with Kyle O'Reilly and somebody else. Did a lot of Rev Pro as well, did Kyle O'Reilly. There you go. So, yeah, he was yeah, the, wasn't he's someone progressively interested at the time, but WWE, well, hey. <laughs> like, well, no one felt special on this show to me either. I think that was one of the other weird things about it. It's like I'm so all over the place in some ways. Almost like a strange conversation to have on here. I almost don't know how to approach reviewing this mm. because there's stuff, like you say, as an overall thing where day one, I can't remember too much that particularly stood out if you're telling people to go out their way to watch stuff what do you really say even looking at my notes i'm like oh (laughs) that was fine but i wouldn't go your way to watch it 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 was more the moment wasn't it of of seeing you know that the crowd turn for david star as much as it was weird them cheering that cheering for david star independent man uh, and then giving the same reaction to, to Kyle O'Reilly, NXT man, later on. It was the start of that, so it's worth seeing for that. But yeah, you ordinarily, you're right, JP, ordinarily we'd start one of these reviews and I'd say, okay, day one, give me your highlights. What were your favourite matches? And yeah. It is a little bit barren. I mean, I was even, I was looking forward to Paul Robinson and Darby Allen. You know, two mad bastards in jeans going at it. It was probably my favourite of the day, even if, you know, I'd, I'm not as hard on Kyle O'Reilly and Cridge Wedgway, but even that wasn't hugely special there's just not a lot here is there on day one to kind of seat your teeth into to, to analyze more than anything i was thinking what like and it's going to be very hard and constantly throughout this i know i'm going to be referring to 16 carat mm. simply because the two tournaments are effectively identical and they're europe's big two tournaments so it kind of makes you think no 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 super strong star was yeah progressive okay. really fuck the super strong style this show. is no this tournament has no value at this point i don't know what this tournament is how uh, they they haven't it, respect i'll talk about it on night two but they haven't shown a lot of respect for their own tournament that's what i'll say for that sorry carry no, on. no 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 um and kind of thinking what do you want to achieve with the day one of a tournament you're kind of setting the scene really aren't you so your day one is kind of establishing the scenario I've kind of put it down on my notes here. Day two is kind of angles, heartbreak, and the world title generally is, is sort of how it works in day two. And day three is your rice pudding or certainly your, your resolution. Um, and day one, I was trying to think, what did it really establish? It was these kind of eight matches. And I was thinking when I first put on the VOD, thinking, wouldn't it be great to have like a promo package building up this tournament saying, this is what Super Strong Style is. Maybe some highlights of previous tournaments, highlights of previous matches, who's been in it before, showing off the prestige. And it's like, no, it goes to what is the start of really any chapter show. And it goes, Jim in the ring, 10 minutes. And then it, and then there's like the kind of first match and you're like, right. And there isn't anything that really sets it apart from that. And that, for me, is one of the kind of prevailing issues. And I know what you, you, I don't know exactly the point you're going to raise when you're talking about protecting the tournament, but that's one of the ways you do Yeah, no, this similar point I was going to raise, uh, it's just little things like adding a video package, Mm. um, like actually having sort of a piece of branding that's a bit more effective than what they use. I think they rely on the just general progress branding a bit too much, whereas the mm. carrot branding is distinct. Think of those carrot t-shirts mm-hmm. that really stand out as an example of that. Getting the guys down to the ring 
on the first day, mm. presenting each guy, giving value to each guy as they're presented. Think about little things this year, like Timothy Thatcher looking at the 16-carat trophy, having that showdown with Lucky Kid to build their match later in the night. It's little things that put value on the prestige of the tournament. And Progress have not treated this with any type of prestige. And that is a massive, massive shame. Um, and at the same time, they made, on night two, they made Ginny's match, they made this DNR mess, and they made the title match feel so much more important than the tournament itself. The tournament itself on night two was a complete afterthought. JP's right in talking about Carrot presenting um, the other matches on night two. Maybe it moves away from the tournament a bit. The, the prestige of the tournament is still there on night two. It's an equal with everything else that goes on. And progress, I honestly don't think they actually think about these things. I think they take them completely for granted. And there's an arrogance to this, if anything. If you follow the pattern on a kind of surface basis, you think that's what you can do and get away with. But actually, what it kind of missed for me that, that you had at Carrot was emotional connection. There was like a real emotional connection. And I think the emotional connection of the weekend is created by somebody doing something entirely off their own back that's not related to the tournament, that kind of makes the tournament. It becomes the prevailing storyline throughout it. And think about the videos of Carrot, previous winners as well. And we see how the tournament's grown um, in the packages that they show as well. Whereas think about the opportunity to show a video of Will Ospreay, Tommy End, uh, Travis Banks, Tyler Bay. Tyler Bay. Uh, well, Tyler Bay didn't win it, did he? It was Zach in the end. But where these guys, who these guys are, what they've done, what they've done afterwards, there's just no appreciation for that. And it's a real shame because I thought progress were better than that. Mm. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's a shame as well because going in, I, I felt, I'm not excited about it, but I, I kind of, I liked that the refreshed it and you know accepted defeat on the fact uh, maybe maybe like strong but the fact that they'd expe accepted defeat on the you know they just had to bring names in they had to bring in people from outside they had to bring in people from outside to, to make it a little bit more interesting and try and recreate some of that super strong style magic but and with both of you they, they didn't that didn't do the job either um and yeah it just didn't feel particularly important i mean just talk there about day one, not having a huge amount of highlights. I mean, I was, like I say, I struggled to watch day one. It probably took me about six hours to, to, to get through the show. And then I got to day two and I was trying to watch that. And it was just like, day two, day two runs four hours. And like, mm. when you've got a show that's, I mean, there were, one thing you could say for day two is that it was, it had, you know, a variety of, of, of a kind that you could maybe say is a positive, but when that variety is stretched across four long hours, uh, interspliced with, you know, the, the small segments that pretty much I just skip at this point. Um, it just kind of, I think, I think, I think if anything, I mean, there are positives to talk about with day three, but I think if anything encapsulates for me, what's kind of going wrong with progress in 2019, it is for me, this day two, and, like the day two as well was kind of the day where the people who were there live where we were getting the, the most negative reports and it was just a real eye-opener as to, to kind of what progress is at this point. For me on day two, the opening match, that Devlin versus 
Fletcher match. Mm. I found it really interesting because people were raving about it. And I thought it was a very good match. I thought mm. they clearly had some, some good chemistry. But I was watching it thinking, I'd like to see this again, where the stakes are a bit higher and in a different promotion. This would be a better match in a better, in a better promotion than mm. Progress at this point, in a better room than Alexandra Palace. And I actually thought the match was a bit overrated. And I'll be honest, the reason I thought that people overrated it was because that weekend people were absolutely desperate to watch good wrestling. Mm. And when they finally got some really good wrestling, they went a little bit over the top about it because they were so relieved to get some great wrestling <laughs> and actually mm. see two guys just go out there and have a kick-ass wrestling match, if anything. Mm. And then after that, this entire night, God, did it fall off a cliff. I thought it was absolutely terrible. I thought it was regressive. I thought that it was based, it felt like, to me, Progress felt like a Brexit-based promotion. It felt like, <laughs> so to me, Brexit is a, uh, well, the referendum was based around nostalgia mm. and what it used to be, like, ah, oh, what hour it used to be, what hour it used to be. Well, it's never fucking going back to what it used to be, mate, so get on with it. <laughs> and for me, this was trying to go back to stuff that happened in Progress before it was like a greatest hits mm. and there was nothing original there was nothing very creative and it was just kind of quite bleak and quite depressing to watch it was like they were relying on old tropes and goodbyes and previous moments to kind of work on the night and for me i can't think of any worse form of wrestling for nostalgia based wrestling from what four years ago if that for some mm. of this stuff like Eddie Dennis and Mark Andrews. Ah, oh, sorry, I'm getting a bit carried away and going off topic a bit. Yeah, but why? Um, why? Like, people, people were like, I know you, you. People were, I know people who were there live who thought this was this great moment, and I can kind of imagine buying into it if you were there live. But I'm just sat at home going, but but, but why? Like what? Like <laughs> they had this blood feud last year. Like for the sake of a moment, why is this happening? Because they think they can recreate moments because moments are just moments moments just happen they don't understand the work that yeah. needs to go into creating these moments unfortunately like think about goes. kenny and kota's <laughs> reunion as yeah. a moment yeah. and how emotional that was when they embraced and hugged like that was years in the making mm. these guys had a absolutely terrible tlc match they shouldn't have been booked in any way mm. after what was a pretty good feud killed the feud they killed the feud in one night and they had the most unorganic forced hug in the middle of a wrestling ring for a cheap pop and a nostalgia based pop because they're out of ideas on this night too to get a cheap pop of a few drunken people remember that lovely tag team it's just regressive bullshit that's all it is i i think i can forgive it on some I, mean, I can't really forgive it because they're, they're throwing a year's worth, no. two years worth of booking in the bin. I can, but I can kind of like, I can understand the temptation to do it if you're thinking, well, we're not going to be using, maybe we're not going to be using Mark Andrews going forward. Maybe we're not going to have Eddie Dennis again. But it, yeah, I, I mean, I'm trying, but like, and, and I, I, I think maybe I feel sympathetic for the people who, who were there live and who you know, did think they were part of something. But I don't know, maybe it's the 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 coldness of being sat away watching, you know, hour five of, of a VOD. That it just it it just didn't translate at all to me as as this in as this big important moment that was worth throwing your couple of years worth of a bucket in the bin and character development and overall consistency of your product. 
that's it. I actually think the live bias on this, it seems to be much more sort of overwhelming than a lot of shows. You always accept a degree of live bias because you're there and everyone is falls party to that because we're wrestling fans. And if you're at shows, that's going to happen. You're going to think, oh, I really enjoyed that at the time. Ultimately, I've kind of never felt, very rarely felt as kind of distanced on a VOD from everything. Because it also felt to me as well like, the kind of pop on night one for David Starr, which I'd heard about, a really big deal for me, didn't carry across. Yeah, agreed. That mm. felt like that was slightly lost on me, and it might have been part of the reason why I wasn't engaged because it didn't feel like the hottest crowds in the world. It didn't feel to me like that pop didn't exist until night three in the final. Yeah, mm. it really didn't. I actually thought the actual booking of Starr over the weekend, apart from the final kind of dumb like this star versus travis banks match was ah oh, so fucking stupid oh, the way like they the did situations it. say it again the way they did it as well like again i play devil's advocate okay you want to do a draw like you end it once and then you go back and you end it again oh no yeah you're both through now lads carry on like what why <laughs> i just don't get it Ah, oh, Jim's school teacher telling off was just like <laughs> so bad. Yes, go away, Jim. Like I've seen enough of you, mate. Like you're a nice bloke. I could talk football with you. You know your stuff. But nah, I've just seen enough of you. And this product needs to possibly move on at this point. And I think he's always going to have a role, but ah, oh, there needs to be something new there. It was his telling off, and then his ah, oh, you're both through. Why not? It's just like. <laughs> What am I watching? Like when I talk about value and consistency, where's the value and consistency here? Why should I care if you don't care either? They do not value this product at all anymore because they're onto bigger and brighter things. They see three letters and they see, oh, there's Triple H. Another three letters. <laughs> Hello, Paul. How's it going, mate? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And they just melt and they can't be bothered booking this product properly anymore. And you know what? They overthought the whole Star Banks thing. And who else overthinks their booking to the nth degree? Mm. That fucking lot. Yeah, that WWE lot. And you can tell that this has started rubbing off, can't you? Ridiculous. <laughs> can't argue. I'm Did probably... Like... Go Sorry, on, go on. Did you like anything on day two, JP? <laughs> uh, I mean, I have to say... Devlin Fletcher, yeah. I did like. Um, I like the finish. Mm, the yeah, it was good. It, yeah. it was good. It was um, good. There were bits of Walter Trent that were that were good until obviously the finish. Why have which, you got to protect Trent I mean, Seven? Like for what? Oh, I mean, why does he need his foot on the rope? Ah, uh, that's the thing. Again, yeah. over four tropey bullshit. Like and also, did they watch Sixteen Karen Night One and go, "Oh, we'll just do that. That'll get something out of the crowd. That'll get real heat." Like it just feels like they're kind of copying stuff without any of the actual context of what made the David Starr Walter stuff work in Sixteen Karat, and it doesn't carry across. Like I might be completely wrong. Mm. Perhaps Walter inserted that into the match. Perhaps there was something else of them. I don't know. But it just feels a bit coincidental, if anything. Like I thought Trent brought some really nice intensity to the to the match, if anything. And I thought Trent looked really up for it. Like it felt like a big match to him. Mm. But I'll be honest, I couldn't invest in this match because they shared this build up package. And I was watching it thinking, why would I care about this? You treated that Atlas title 
with so much disrespect after what Matt Riddle did for it. Like Matt Riddle did wonders with getting that belt over and showed like and made this really valuable belt. Then he exchanged with Walter for a bit. There was some great stuff there. And then this whole thing with Walter just yeah, just give up the belt. Then we'll announce a four-way in Manchester that we'll just throw like Joseph Connors in. <laughs> Doug Williams has lost every match he's ever had in progress. We'll just throw the belt at him because we want to do this moment-based match with him getting his big Mark Fowler exit <laughs> at Wembley. And it was just like, this belt, you've absolutely killed this belt. When this belt at one point was really quite fun. And why should I care about this when you haven't made anyone invest or care about this belt for so long? Again, disrespecting their own property and disrespecting the stuff that they've made because they've got lazy and they're occupied of the things. Mm. Yeah, that's it. And Would we say it's lazy or is it just too much? It's just it's not. Probably just, yeah, it is. It's, it's it not is. putting like necess- it's It's not having the time. Yeah, yeah kind of maybe it. it's a bit unfair on my part, but if you don't got the time, why are you doing it? Yeah, you do. It does get to that point. It does get to that much kind of bigger, much more existential issue, which I'm sure we'll we'll have a conversation about at the end of the show. Mm. I could see them putting the show together though and thinking, you know, we've got on this show, we've got we'll have our big FSU moment, we'll have our big genie goodbye. We'll get oh. do not resuscitate getting their big match finally. Uh, oh. <laughs> the the goodbyes, I have to say, I'm also like uh, I'm kind of done with them. In in a way, it felt like there's this sort of just overkill. Oh, they're off. Can they're I make off. a point about Ginny's goodbye? Go on. Why is Ginny doing a curtain call? Right. <laughs> this this to me absolutely sums up Ginny. Mm. Right. She is completely misjudged her character for a whole career. She's wrestled as this badass. Look at the size of her. Look at her arms. She's a lariat as a finisher. She should. Stan Anson would probably look at that lariat and go, fuck off. Come on, sort it out, right? Ginny has completely misjudged what she is as a character and what she has been in progress as a character. That character should be taken out of that arena in a loser leaves town match, kicking and screaming, Someone should be getting an ultimate payoff against Ginny. Mm. Whereas instead, oh, no, I've got to have my lovely emotional moment. Oh, I've got to be seen as a legend, really. I've got to have a nice curtain call where I break my character. It was unrealistic, stupid rubbish. And when they played this music, when she's going, I'm like, what's this song? It's not as if she's got like some iconic theme anymore. Like If they were playing her Rev Pro music, which I loved... <laughs> it's Ginny. You remember that one? Yeah, I I'd be well up for that. But this shite, it was like, what's this noise? And there she is, running uh, away, all emotional. And you know what? Halle, like, go away. Like, you're... She's better off in that system. Yeah, she really is. Yeah. She really is. Like, what? how is Ginny in any way? Because she's a legend in progress. She's, she, yeah, the promotion created her. And she's had four years of terrible matches, right? Come on. She, she yeah, really I'm has. nodding, mate. I'm not Four years of terrible matches. Some good character work, but as soon as she gets in the mm. ring, the character work is all over the place. And she's responsible in many ways for this absolutely bollocks women's, women's division that exists in progress. Just Ginny is bad. Like, I think, she could, I think she's so, so bad. Can't argue. No, she's gone. Can't argue with that. <laughs> You've gone to a product you won't watch, Joe. At least she's on NXT UK every week now. Thank God. <laughs> Place that wrestlers go to die in Joe's life. <laughs> Honestly, that's like a graveyard for wrestlers that I don't want to watch anymore. <laughs> it's sad, but yeah, 
Yeah, if Mark Andrews is on his way, there's another one. Um, there's a man who hasn't changed since 2013. Yeah, I don't think there was many more stale wrestlers. Um, well, there is one. We'll talk about him on night three. But yeah, that that, that that whole team progress though. That's what that was. I mean, they were trying to, they're trying to like say, oh, these are our progress originals. And it Fuck was, off. you know what I mean? Like Jimmy Havoc, Mark Haskins, Mark Andrews, Legero. Like there are there are no four more for me four more skippable wrestlers on progress shows apart from maybe some of those women's matches that are that people have other shows uh yeah there and 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 the kicker you know I mentioned it before they go over do not resuscitate I mean we've wasted a lot of uh, people's time talking to do not resuscitate so I don't know if we need to I don't know bury them again um they're already you know six feet under but yeah that just tells you everything as well doesn't it that yeah they can't eat. Even even what? when it when it comes to it, the losers straight back to the mid card. It's it's interesting because one of the things I think about is the conversation um, the for BWE this week and um, what Will was saying about you know the idea is the angle didn't work, kill it, mm. and that's it. But I was remember watching the promo for this, thinking this is not what I remember this being at all. <laughs> like, it really isn't. It bear no resemblance to what had actually gone on. <laughs> yeah. It felt like afterwards kind well, of trying there's to a video rest. Package, at least there's one. Sorry? There's a video package. At least we got that. Yeah, there was there was kind of used in in not in nearly as much as they ever ever should have been as much as they should have been. But yeah, it was just a, a this kind of um like it's almost like trying to rewrite the story kind of after the fact, almost. It's like you're kind of getting a job and go, right, how do we kind of explain it builds up to be this big match, which when it happened, I just, I just found myself daydreaming at points, to be brutally yeah. honest with you. It's it's kind of a tragedy. I think at the time we had said when they first appeared, it's like, okay, done very carefully, you could have some mileage in it. And that lasted like a week. Mm. And ever since then, it was it was kind of just gone. It felt like a stage. team of jobbers against a team made up of like four slices of very stale bread. Let's be honest. And, <laughs> Millionaires Club new blood. Oh Stay mate, on. it was fucking awful. Like I, I think I'm just destined to have to watch Mark Haskins in Multi Man Street Fights this year. Like I'm still having nightmares about that Ring of Honor bully Ray. <laughs> Shite, I had to sit through a Madison Square Garden with that twat sat next to me. Luckily, I was on my own watching this one, but oh my God, I did take a shit halfway through and angled the TV so I could see it from the bog. And <laughs> it felt like it wasn't the worst use of time because I was on the toilet through part of this, but ultimately what I was watching was fucking toilet as well. So, yeah. Also, one moment, Glenn Joseph referred to Team Stale as... Some people refer to them as the dinosaurs of progress. Yeah, don't fucking reinforce it on commentary, mate. Come on. Like, these are meant to be your guys. You don't want people seeing your guys as dinosaurs. Why are you saying that? <laughs> and that's the booker. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Hello, Glenn. <laughs> I mean, it. people expected us to, uh, to turn a corner. Maybe we will on day three. I thought day three was... Was better, but there was still plenty, plenty mm. of, of bad. The the wasteland challenge happened. Uh, I watched that was one of the things I watched live on Facebook. Yeah. Jordan Devlin, Kyle O'Reilly, I thought was a good semi. Uh, I enjoyed that. Yep. I, I thought the I three thought it was dull. Did you like it? Was it? Really, really dull. I thought O'Reilly brought nothing to this weekend. I like Kyle O'Reilly. I love Undisputed Era. I think they're a great act. I think you could do big things on the main roster, but unfortunately, look mm. at them. 
have another bunch of alphas. Well, Roderick Strong thinks he is. That's a story from when I met him <laughs> once, and he didn't like me too much. He ignored me in a lift. Uh, yeah, it was a bit weird. <laughs> um, I don't. I don't think Vince would like these guys, so I can't see him getting here on the main roster. But I don't think O'Reilly brought anything to the weekend at all. Like I felt, I love Devlin. This was the dullest Devlin match I've seen all year. I think I'm Sorry. higher, I'm higher yeah. on it than you. I think I thought, for me, I thought it was like a, for me, maybe a slightly better version of the, the Ridgeway match because you kind of got the strike exchanges, but there was more mm. of a story with the ankle stuff. I mean, I'm saying that though as well as someone who, like I'm not into Undisputed Era at all. I just don't get it. I just find them, I know they're supposed to be nerds, but they're nerds. I just don't like them at all. But for me, like I thought, I mean, I didn't think Kyra O'Reilly uh, set the world on fire over the weekend, but I don't know, maybe it's faint praise to say this. This was my favourite match of it. Are you any... Higher or lower, JP? I probably a little bit low. In the, I thought it was fine. Mm. But then if you look at my grapple ratings, there's a lot of stuff I think is is fine. <laughs> if you're thinking to me, you know, what is the potential? What's the height? What's the ceiling on a Jordan Devlin, Kyle O'Reilly match? True. It's not this. Yeah. It really isn't this. And I think that's part of obviously what you're kind of taking away from it as well. It's like, what is the potential of what some of the stuff that you're putting on? And is it matching what the potential of it is? <laughs> yeah. And for the most part, it's not really the case. There is, and a few exceptions on on this day three. And, uh, you know, in some ways, I wish there was their lives. People were going so berserk over it. I wonder, like, what the hell I missed? Because by the time I'd seen it, and I also think as well, it was coming after seeing day one and, and day two in relatively quick succession. I was kind of drained with progress at that point, watching sort of, watching three consecutive progress shows. So that might have been part of the reason why day three is, mm. is I don't know, not not anywhere near as kind of great that oh, some people did. I was hearing that progress had like was back on form. Like, really? Like they fooled you with nostalgia for a couple of days and nostalgia is an easy trick to play on people. And then they presented Give us. Give dopamine hit. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And then they presented us with, what this day three was, which I thought was a one match show. Essentially this waste man challenge, right? <sighs> what happened to Jim Swarman thinking Roy Johnson was the funniest man in the world. <laughs> when Roy Johnson came into progress and he was cutting these promos that Jim Swarman was there doing this really fake laughter for like belly laughing from the floor. And we were stood looking at him thinking, is, is this funny? Like, why am I not laughing here? Like, what are we missing? And it just felt like there was, was a ickle. Yeah, it was like 696 people doing fake laughs, and us three and Cooper were stood there just thinking, fuck is funny about this? Like, it's like Jim Smallman's finally realized four years on that he doesn't have to pretend to like Roy Johnson anymore, so he's just going to take the piss out of him instead. <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. kind of what he yeah. is. He, just, he turns up and he gets a book once a year. And like this year, it was like a couple of days before, like they just remembered, oh, yeah, we could, we could do. Despite the fact we haven't booked Roy Johnson for a full year, let's do a Wasteman Challenge. That's that. That's always an, an easy win. Uh, it's yeah. nostalgia again. <laughs> it, it is. It is, and it's easy. It's easy. It's something they can book mm. that they know that they can. They know they can get Roy Johnson. They know yeah. they can just throw everyone in it, and it, it's worked in previous years. I was just say a mad scramble on day three to start off makes complete sense. But do you know one of the reasons this match has worked in previous years? Mm. People get excited to hear the theme tunes when people come out for this match, right? So recognizable theme mm. tunes, right? Here we heard ten generic themes that no one recognized. 
and no one went mad at any point because we're hearing 10 generic themes and we're hearing a good minute, minute and a half, two minutes in some cases of these stupid themes. Like, this just wasn't needed. It was such a waste of time. Like, I wish Briley would kind of just concede that no one cares about these shite themes that he's managed to source with these wrestlers, right? Just get on with it. Do you know what makes that worse, though, as well? Like, even, like... I mean, even Havoc was dubbed in his goodbye match. But I think yeah. it felt like... I don't, was it was it my speakers? Because I've seen... I actually have seen other people say this, so maybe not. But it sounded like everyone was dubbed. Like, there was something up with the sound. Like, the, the music had been re-added, like, in post-production. Like, that's what it sounded like to me. Like, because uh, Havoc's music, you know, in the in the environment, he came out to AFI. But on the VOD, they put whatever noise... What generic, whatever generic noise they used for Jimmy Havoc. But it sounded the exact same as everybody else because everybody else sounded like they were dubbed. I don't know if it was a problem with the venue or what, but the music sounded overlaid anyway. So mm. not to dig up an, an old argument, but give them all the real themes anyway. If it worked for Jimmy Havoc, do it for everyone else. Yeah, I'm with you. And I, I did think the same thing, actually, Ben. I did pick up on what you're saying. But mm. again, speaks to the absolute stubbornness of the promotion and the inability to actually change at this point in time. And it's a real shame because... Progress, you might say. Progress, yeah. yeah. Progress, like, come on. A bit ironic now, Move isn't it? Forward, really. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> They're kind of just stagnant at this point. I'm, I'm scared to ask Stagnant them. wrestling. <laughs> I'm this scared to ask what you made of uh, Havoc and Robertson in that case. Oh, fucking hell. Right. <laughs> this match oh. is an absolute fucking disgrace, right? <laughs> Come on. I, I can't say I watched it all. But I skipped through it and watched some of it. And this match is so fucking stupid. I hate deathmatch wrestling. I think it's vile. I think it's disgusting. Yeah, I sound like I'm some conservative prick right now. I probably do. Mate, you're looking across from me and I love... Where is the place for this rubbish? And why do we accept this rubbish? And why do people pretend to eat this up? Do people really enjoy this stuff? Especially when they see it on repeat, over and yeah, over and over and over and over and over. And I can continue again. <laughs> it's like... just so, so vile. Right. I understand a blade job in a major blood feud, right? We saw Havoc Robinson 2 last year, right? What was the need to see a repeat of this match again? Hmm. Out of ideas, that. once again... We'll just go back to this feud that we've relaunched before and we ended, but he's off, so we'll do it again. And Yeah, we'll just do a load of bleeding again. Just bleed everywhere. <laughs> Don't just bleed a little bit. Just bleed everywhere. Just have, like, pools of blood everywhere and, like, cl- blood clots, it looked like, were coming out of Jimmy Havoc at one point. Um, we're going to make you stand there at the end of the match and just bleed loads or we show a video. It was vile. I- Benno, come back to me in a minute, but I know you want to speak, but do come back. I've got another point to make on this. Okay, well, I mean, I was just going to say, like, I I do like these matches. I I didn't like this match. I agree that, like, it felt completely out of place. Like, it took place what felt like in front of just silence. Like, the crowd didn't seem to be with it. It it was the... Mm. I can understand why you would think it was the right match for the occasion, but I actually think it turned out to be the wrong match for the occasion. I don't mind the death matches spectacle. This one, the blood was definitely a bit much, uh, more than a bit much. 
you can say you know whether that was planned or not but that's always there's always a risk of that happening in a match like this isn't there i think it's got its place even if it's not for everybody and i will maybe it's just me i, I don't mind i don't mind the violence sometimes even i'll enjoy it um but i do think used in the right places i don't think this was again like you say i think you've you've hit on something i'd even thought of like it's a it is a retread of literally what we saw, you know, only a few months ago. Um, and surely were the better ideas they could have done with Jimmy Havoc in his last match. Um, yeah, I mean, there's a... Again, while I do enjoy these matches overall, the other point I would say as well is that, yeah, the, the other problem is we've seen it a million times, especially Jimmy Havoc's version of the death match, especially Jimmy Havoc matches against the likes of Paul Robinson, uh, especially in progress this last year or so. It's been, if anything, it's been just used as a crutch. Well, we've got nothing else to do. Let's throw Jimmy in a death match. Um, you know, right back down to last year's Super Strong Style, <coughs> where he did the same thing with, with Joey Janela as well. So I definitely agree with most of your criticism there, but maybe a pushback a little bit on i do think there are good death matches as well whereas this wasn't a good example of it yeah i think for me i just i just don't get it like i said i understand that there's an emotional reason for a death match or a street fight like i like violent matches don't get me wrong when there's a reason for a violent match like the david start elp ladder match the other week mm. there was a blade job in that it worked within the match it 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 added something to the match. It was unique. We never really see this in Rev Pro, sort of ever. Whereas this, Jimmy Abbott, yeah, just do a blade job, have a beer. Why not? Fucking lemon juice, lovely stuff. Awful. <laughs> it's like a market trader doing a fucking death match at this point. And the, do you know what I find most insulting about this? He's there cutting these light-hearted jokes after the match about, yeah, just off to the hospital, ain't I? I doubt Jimmy Abbott's got private health care. I bet he's off to an NHS hospital where he's going to have to be treated for all these stupid, self-inflicted wounds that he's done in this match that the company, Progress, have approved of. I think that is borderline insulting to the, to the NHS staff who are overworked and underpaid, number one. You think of how under-resourced our NHS is at the moment, right? Mm. And you get people talking about NHS tourism and people abusing the NHS. This is an example of that, if you ask me. Did he need that? Did he need to do this match? Did he need to go off to hospital, stand in a queue, looking disgusting in a hospital waiting room in A and E? Nah, this is vile. There is no need and no place for this stuff. And to make jokes about going to hospital when people who were probably in serious need and had serious accidents in that hospital waiting room, and he's there like a fucking idiot, probably with a beer in his hand as well. Eh, right, laugh. Just had a death match, didn't I? And a fucking couple of beers afterwards. Lovely. Fuck off. Go to America. Stay away. I'm fed up with this. Don't want to see him back here. Did some great stuff. Some really, really great stuff in We well, got reminded by that on the video after. And some great stuff in British wrestling. Another nostalgia trip with this video once again. But, God, I can't wait to see the back of this bloke at this point. Yeah, I'm not. I can't say I'm sad he's gone. Like, uh, I, I almost, like, I'm, we're gonna, but the problem is, Joe, we're going to be watching him in AEW now. Uh, and it's going to be a retread of all this stuff. Uh, but like I can't say I'm sad to see the back of him from at least uh, our shows I, uh, the match is going to be as horribly brutal as this and ho I'm hoping that there's some kind of private health care that these guys have look I understand that accidents can happen in wrestling matches all the time people can end up in hospital right that's a hazard of the job but this blood loss to end up in hospital and to make jokes about it mm. I do think is quite like there, there are a lot of 
British wrestling fans who get quite easily offended, but they get, get quite easily offended by things that exist in a very strict bubble. You don't see them getting angry with Jimmy Havoc for going to hospitals, do mm. you? You don't see them thinking about major issues that kind of impact this country, like the underfunding of the NHS. Not really an issue that's on wrestling fans' minds. But when I was listening to this, I was thinking, you know what, mate? Fuck off. Just go away. God, I do. <laughs> I'm not going to admit. I mean, <laughs> I've got no. I'm probably the worst person to go to in regards to death matches. Um, I'm not going to a fucking tournament of death or any of that shine. <laughs> well, we do- but <laughs> well, that's all their own fault. They have any? They don't have any public health care. No, they don't. So they're fucking themselves over there, aren't it's, they? I, I have to say, I I found this incarnation of of the death. I've just found it quite vile. Like, it was too much for me. It just wasn't for me. And I get the idea of it being a subgenre of wrestling that people like and something different. There comes a point, though, when you're beating it to death. And I can't really add anything more than, than really what both of you have said. I just, I found it really disgusting. Mm-hmm. And I found myself feeling really queasy watching it. And I don't know if it should be. I think one of the last times I can remember feeling like that was watching the Bournemouth Wired match with Sabu and Terry Funk when they're caught up in barbed wire. And I'm just like, what the fuck am I watching? Watching two men t- tangled up in barbed wire trying not to move as people snap it off. It's it's not for me. And it may have had some meaning if this had been the first death match in like three, four years. Mm. But instead, I'm guessing it's somewhere around the eighth. It's just a bit more light tubish than most. Well, like I said, it's just the greatest hits. You know what? I really like the first Paul Robbins and Jimmy Havoc match. I do. Mm. There was a purpose to it. There was a reason behind it. It absolutely worked for what it was to write Jimmy Havoc out of progress. Mm. This was a needless, silly match that went way too far and was, again, completely misjudged and was out of the greatest hits playbook. Progress this weekend were like a band who were out of new material and don't want to write any new material, so they just tore the same greatest <laughs> hits collection for years on end. Oh, Joe, they got great new ideas. They've got the, the 198 now, uh, the heel team stealing the tag belts. They've got Jordan Grace, who now is a heel because she's bad at progress. They're kind of doing the same thing David Starr's doing, but in reverse because she's a heel. We got David Starr. That's a that's a new idea. Yeah, there's a. It's not their idea. <laughs> I mean, do you want to touch on any of that? Like, is there a? I don't even think if it's. Is it really worth discussing the one nine eight or the women's division stuff? Uh, should we talk about the David Starr? Nah, uh, not really. Other than the, I mean, any stuff that that um, Will Cooling brought up on BWE in terms of Jordan Grace. I don't think she's next book for progress until September. <laughs> wow. Yeah. It, it, it did make me laugh that they built up like this big, you know, match that everyone had to qualify for, um, and then just on the on the night, ah, oh, Jordan, Jordan Grace is a heel now, and it's like you know they're trying to pretend like they had like this long term plan for this match. No, they didn't. They were just filling time, and nothing shows you they were filling time more than switching the booking and at a moment's notice and make, making Jordan Grace. Who does place. that remind you of? <laughs> <laughs> There's some comparisons there, isn't there? Moments, mate. Moments. <laughs> oh. Super strong style moments. That's what they'll remember throughout time. They know best. There you are remember mates. that at Super Strong Style 30. There are mates. I've usually got 700 mates in the ballroom. I've got 1,500 mates in Alexandra <laughs> Palace, and they all like it. You know what makes this all so more confusing, though? Like, the the big like positive of the weekend that I do still think it's a positive is the David Starr stuff. But it's the presentation oh, of yeah. that, too. Like, I think, like, I mean, his semi final match, the three way, I hated how they got there. Part of, me, 
part of me appreciated them having Travis Banks eliminate Ilya because it kind of fed into the conspiracy theory and you could tell the fans there were thinking like if I was there I'd be thinking well Travis has pinned Ilya because David Starr can't and all that's going to happen now is Travis is going to beat David Starr but the fact that they're having to lean into those kind of conspiracy theories and make David Starr like the anti-progress baby anti-WWE anti you know non-independent babyface but at the same time they're not going all in because David Starr you know wins the tournament in a in a great match with Jordan Devlin that we should give give credit to yeah. in a minute he cuts his promo after the show after the match and I don't know if it was just me but it felt like he was holding back a little bit I hated Glenn Joseph's like ending call on the commentary something about oh yeah support independent wrestling like he's on the side of David Starr it's like they've gone halfway in, but not, not the whole full way in. But at the same time, as good as some of it is in execution, that David Starr is in execution, and how much I enjoyed the match as a bell-to-bell match, it, it just says something that this is the this is the road progress I've had to go down. I think it's the it's the right thing to do to get behind the David Starr, but I've just got yeah so many mixed feelings on it because of all that. I don't know where where you stood on it, did they? Did it fare the sour on the weekend? Did it give you anything to be to be hopeful about? It didn't. Oh, in short, no. Um, I, I, you know, the, the, I came away with more questions than answers. And I was also thinking of something. It's a point you've raised a few times before, Benno, about the idea of the promotion kind of making themselves the heel, mm. which is the it's only real it. way to play this storyline properly. It's like, do you want to do that? Mm. And also, you know, Looking back on, like, it, it felt for me, and you mentioned about the semi-final, like, I hated the idea of the... Of the of triple threat was threat. bad. Um, one of the things that I really disliked is it felt like, I'm going to say again, all the stuff we saw at 16 Carat, where they played very much into the heel, WWE's heel on day one. It's a lot more subtle, though. And they did the luck. Basically, it was like, we want to do the Lucky Kid story. We can't make it look like it's exactly on the Lucky Kid storyline. So we'll throw in this triple threat bit in between. But, and and obviously, David Starr is doing the kind of independent character aspect of it. That's kind of what they ended up going with in the end. But Walter took the heat. They put all the heat yes. on Walter at 16 Carat, and it worked. And he channeled that heat. Mm-hmm. Whereas here, they put the heat on themselves as the promotion. And it was just still this not weird fully juxt- as well, though. But still, like, you know, yeah. 80% on themselves. Well, they can't do it fully, can they? Are, are they going to let him cut a pro- promo on Saudi? Look, until Jim says, you know what, you're 700 losers, I can't stand you, I've been lying <laughs> all this time, they're not going to do it. No, that's true. Um, I think as well, like, I enjoyed it as a match, I didn't enjoy it as much as, like, people had raved about same it was very good it, it was, was really very good but you know what it was you know i think what, what hit it, like, I, I mean i liked what i liked about it was that it had stakes like it meant something it clearly meant mm-hmm. something people had gotten behind the david star thing i felt a little bit bad for jordan devlin because he's not the heel here if anything it feels like the, i mean one thing i've heard over the weekend is that you know this was this wasn't the plan like the and i'm yeah it, it gave me the question of well what was the plan? Which makes me think the plan probably was Jordan Devlin, I think. And that's what they were going to go for. So, you know, I feel bad for Jordan Devlin on one hand, but on the other hand, I'm glad that at least the match had stakes because I don't think it would have had it without it. But I genuinely watch, I watched this entire match thinking, this is very good. And it was only after the match I was thinking, where have I seen a better version of this? Oh yeah, OTT. 
like I'd, I'd I'd forgotten that. Like I'd I'd kind of forgotten it's it's the same Jordan Devlin because it's not the same Jordan Devlin in this environment. And nope. as wrong as it is, as soon as that popped into me, the first thing I thought was, yeah, uh, I I would probably rather have seen the OTT version of this match. Where while there are stakes now, and I appreciate that the for some of my faults with it, they've done something with David Starr. He is the person they should be getting behind. I couldn't help but look at it and say, you know, even though I've got positive things to say about it, it's still, you know, a very good but inferior version, again, of something going on, not just in WXW now, but going on in OTT as well. Go on, Do you know what this is? So it's the night of the greatest, the weekend of the greatest hits, right? They're the band, they're not recording any new material, they're just doing greatest hits. Greatest hits and cover versions, mm. taking other people's ideas and doing them their own way. They're just throwing a few covers in there to break the setup, potentially. That's what they're doing at this point. And I get why they did Devlin Star in the final. It's always going to be a good match. But it didn't hit as well as the original, did it, in no. OTT, let's be honest. And, yeah, the, I like the atmosphere. It was a good atmosphere. It was the only time the entire fucking weekend that there was a good atmosphere. Cause well, the kick the atmosphere was... Say again. The kickouts meant something, didn't they, in this one? Yeah. yeah, whereas the atmosphere of the rest of the weekend, it was just dull. It was really, really dull. But yeah, as a match, I liked it. Star, I think they made the right choice at the end. But you have a thing about the tournament as well. They didn't put any stakes on the tournament. Like you say Devlin was meant to win. Like there wasn't anything like kind of what they had in previous years. Like when we went into the tournament and Travis Banks was probably going to win it. That was mm. great. Everyone wanted him to win it. Uh, when Osprey won it, it worked then as well. When Tommy M won it, it just felt like this year it was like, yeah, it's a tournament, some matches come along, lol. Mm. And David Starr went, you know what? I'm going to hype this tournament and I'm going to get myself over and I'm going to use this as an opportunity. Mm. And he did. And that was nothing really to do with progress. They kind of realized that he'd done something for them and they should probably give the fans something they want on a weekend of bleak nostalgia. If anything, David Starr hijacked the weekend, and as much as I'm like, I do have like I enjoyed that match, and I don't think it's all negative. Imagine, imagine if that didn't happen. Imagine if they had gone the Jordan Devlin rule, and it would have been, I don't think golf claps. I think are too strong, but it would have just been, oh yeah, Jordan Devlin's one, cool. They've got the, uh, the the same baby face as OTT now, and we're gonna, you know, Jordan Devlin, Travis Banks would probably, would I imagine, have been the final. The same match to know that we've seen in NXT UK before, and that's it. And we're out of ideas. And I think it says something that, again, while we can, up, we can still applaud them and you know say it's good that they've leaned into this David Star thing. It also kind of tells you, my God, are they out of ideas? If 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 this had to fall well, in a lap for them to have something going forward. I mean, here are some of the the kind of bigger questions that you come away with on the weekend in terms of the where was the culmination of the big storylines. Mm. Um, here's another question. What's that mid-card going to look like now? Yeah, what now? What is that going to look like? Yeah. Um, it was the 80s now. We're going back in time, Matt. Exactly. Uh, Jimmy Barnett's so, coming back on Twitter. Oh, it's mate. Gonna be... The WWE parody like rip-offs from the 80s we're going to see in this are going to be painful. <laughs> I'm sure Bad Bones are being doing his macho man oh, gimmick. No. <laughs> yeah. I'm not watching that show. We're not reviewing that show. <laughs> We're stayed away from it. Okay. Line in the sun. Yeah. I, I need a break. I can't it. argue. Well, that's yeah. one of the things to, to kind of, but also as well, we've got, so it's not until a month after that, we're going to hear about it at the, uh, the end of June. Is that right? When we're going to follow up on this tournament, really? 
pretty much, yeah. That, that's <laughs> yeah. where really we've gone back, yeah. And then when we do, like, you know, the, the, that, that Birmingham show, that Bournemouth show, that's progress now. Like, this is, as much as we're shitting on the Super Strings that weekend, it was still twice as good as those shows. And I think we're going to go back to those shows now. That's yeah. what that's what progress is. Now, I've got tickets to the July it, show on God. Go on. I was going to say, the other thing, you, you, you know, if you look at the crowds, and this is where we're probably flying in the face of the majority, they're still the, the most popular British promotion in the country. They're still, they're still the leader in the country. If you're looking at it in terms of the regular drawing, uh, the crowds that they're managing to draw and the rest. Look at the profits last but, few years. Look who's behind yeah. them. And the thing about this... Independent my ass. <laughs> this, is, this is fundamentally where I am with it, is that there's still so much, given just the fickle nature of wrestling. We've all been watching wrestling long enough to realise how things can take a really sharp downturn. And I have to admit, I'm kind of fearful of it. Because I remember kind of living through years where, you know, you ended up with just one big promotion in the world and everybody else was suffering. And that was a horrible time mm. to be a wrestling fan. And you see things that are good that you really like. We wouldn't get this passionate if we didn't give a shit, but it's kind of driven us now to the place where it's like, at the end of this weekend, if you ask me where I am, and there are positives, and there are some good matches, I'm not positive about any storylines coming away from this, other than one that's been created by a wrestler off their own back. And I'm there thinking, well, if that match happens, and I think, by the way, at the end of June, he's booked to be an OTT. So I don't even think he's so booked he's not to be there. On, I don't think he's on that one. I could be wrong. <clears throat> Tell me if I'm wrong on that one. But if you have Star Walter, say Ali Pally, when they go back there, what happens if Walter's NXT UK champion and the history of the kind of... You know, yeah, I know. At that point, you start to think, are they going to do what is naturally the best storyline for that to do? But then is there, you know... No, they, they, can't, in your ear? they can't take... They can't have Star be Walter in progress. It can't end in progress. This is WXW's storyline. I'll be yes. furious if it I, ends at I Alexandra fucking Palace yeah. of all places. They'll have to tease it. Yeah. They'll have to try it, won't they? What else I think do? so. I think that's the that's the only match they have, mm. and in some ways, they would have to deliver that. But that would also mean putting someone who is arguably the most anti WWE wrestler in the world over someone you've made a really big deal <laughs> to sign and put in NXT UK. <laughs> and I'd love to believe that can happen, but really. Like, is that going to happen? Are they going to be taking the NXT UK title belt off Walter before then? Fuck knows. I probably won't be seeing it either way. But at the same time, is that actually going to be something that happens? Seriously, I'm asking both of you as a legitimate question. Do you think that they would do that? No. No. And I don't think they can no. either. While Walter's the interest of... belt, they can't. He's pack. The interesting thing about you saying... Um, He's pack. About, <laughs> yeah, about us caring as well. Yeah. I do. I want this to be good. I don't think it's ever going to be good again. I've lost complete faith that it could be a, the case. But the nostalgia, like, I want progress to be good. I think back to the times when we would go regularly, what a good time we'd have there. Wanting to go and, every month. You know, I try not to look back and think, oh, I missed that. I do miss going to the ballroom and having a really mm. good time. I was watching a TV show last week called uh, Save Me, um, Lenny James. Yeah. Uh, it was on Sky last year. He wrote and directed it. And there's a character in that Irishman, actually, who's the owner of the electric ballroom. Oh. And there are scenes in the electric ballroom, yeah. And I was like, 
that's the ballroom. And it was like empty and they were setting stuff up. And I was like, ah. Oh. And I could see the corner we used to stand. And I was thinking, ah, oh, yeah, I've stood there plenty of times, having a good time. Yeah. I was looking at the beer taps, like, oh, there we go. And I was thinking, Camden Pound. And I was getting, I was getting a bit, you know what? Nostalgic. Oh, <laughs> those were the days. Dangerous game, that. It Thankfully, really there was a cut. And the next scene was pretty brutal. And it took my mind off it quite quickly. But, you know, I'd love that back. It's never going to happen no. at this point. So this nostalgia stuff, surely it was for us as an audience, but it didn't rub off on us one little bit. It made me dislike the promotion more because they're out of ideas. And ultimately, you've got to progress, not regress they and are, stagnate. They are, a live, they are a live show promotion now. The Fight Club Pro. Yeah. Like, I, I could imagine yeah. enjoying it. Yeah. Not loving it. But I could imagine having a much better time there. I can imagine in July for the Manchester show I've got tickets for, I'm probably going to come on the show and say I had a great time. I bet you I have a great time. But it's probably, but it, but it's a slog to watch on VOD at this point. And it's a slog to watch month to month and try and follow along these stories. And that's that's the problem. Like, I will, I'm the same as you guys. I mean, we got, I'm sure we're going to get pelters for this one. But, like, I, I was still... Nah, I don't know, I'm, question, I'm questioning it now. But, like, I, I would... Probably at least until last month, I said I still progress is still my preferred presentation of Brit Res, even above a Rev Pro. Probably because I don't get to the live Rev Pro shows like you you guys do, but even I'm doubting that now. Um, yeah, I don't know what look, they could do to turn it around. Look at Rev, look at Rev Pro. Look at Yorko a couple of weeks ago, right? Aussie Open kind of made then and there, right? You've got Star and ELP. Yeah, okay, these guys are imports. They're not British guys, but they're imports that exist and that live in this country yeah, yeah. and mm-hmm. predominantly work in this country, right? Star and Fantasma were given a main event at York Hall. That's two guys who've made their rep here. It elevated Fantasma that little bit more as well, right? Mm-hmm. Who was elevated here? Who do they attempt to really elevate? Like, it's just, there's nothing. There is nothing to this promotion at this point. It's a scrap heap. I, I, I was looking at that card, and I was thinking, if you took out Dagger and Aerostar, and you put in Connor Mills and Michael Oku, would you lose anything? Uh, yeah. Really? <laughs> yeah. Like, you at least they might have got something from it for the weekend. It wouldn't be I the spot be... to do it. But that's something you should would... do over a lot. It's not like an easy fix, is it? You can't just throw them in that position. That's something that they I... should have been doing a year ago. They should have been. And this is where it all kind of all kind of comes home to roost. Now, I mean, I have my own personal theories on, on what happens as a promotion and, and what happens when it hits the chapter 100 mark as well. But whether or not is that a good time to kind of call it a day? Is there the time and is there the, the, the kind of ability to be able to put as much into it that needs to happen? At the very, very least, if that's not something that happens an entirely new kind of creative direction, a new aesthetic, a new look. Dare I say it, a new ring announcer. Stuff just kind like, at this point in time, I've ne- I, like, I, I looked at it uh, and watching the VOD, I have to say this is, s- <sighs> at least when I've watched those AAA shows, Dave, <laughs> like, oh, it's back to emotional reaction out of me of like what the fuck am i watching here <laughs> but in a weird way it's like watching i don't know rise of the foot soldier there's enough to kind of laugh and go <laughs> jesus christ in this case i feel like i'm watching guy Ritchie's revolver where i'm just angry going i'm not getting this time back i'm not getting this time back <laughs> That's a nice shot. Yeah, that shot ain't fucking rescuing the rest of what's happening to this <laughs> this time loss. 
<laughs> I, I don't. I don't think I can wrap us up any better than that, JP. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Eddie. Although we really should say what we really think about these shows, I think ultimately, shouldn't we? So we think. Yeah, have right. I ever? Have I ever not said what I think? Ever? I think you're holding back a bit tonight. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, progress are the best promotion at like winding me up yeah. they bring the best like the best i'm kind of like holding myself up as some like yeah i won't say that they bring the temper. the yeah the, it makes me more reactionary than anything but that's because i legitimately love the promotion at one point yeah talking to jim smallman do you know i'd love to see they stop having him ringing out get matt richards in give it a bit of a different flavor even like a fraser thomas i think he's yeah. decent right at the same time if WWE want to do something original and be a bit creative, let Jim ring announce in his normal sort of ring announce or whatever, slightly different spin in NXT mm. UK or on actual NXT shows in Orlando or something. I think it would work there. It would be a little bit fresher. It's not that he's a bad ring announcer. No. It's just that we've seen this over and over and over. It's been seven years of this at this point, and I'm tired of it. You got tired of watching Arsene and Wenger's football, didn't you? I did. And now you're tired of Jim Smallman presenting wrestling. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, that's fair amount. I suppose it, I, in culmination, I, I think after this, I sort of went, I don't want to watch Progress for a bit. I don't want to watch I cancelled my Progress on Demand. Gone. I can't be bothered. That says it all. If I want to get angry on an episode, let's maybe watch some progress. But <laughs> if we're getting all a bit placid and we're getting, yeah, we're getting too happy, then yeah, we'll roll up yeah. ourselves. But at least we get the 18 show a, off. I started this, it really was. Now I'm in a shit mood. <laughs> Sorry, Joe. Sending you to bed in a foul mood. But at least we've got AW to look forward to next week. It's going to be a fun show. Double or nothing. We can talk about that. I don't know, mate. There's no pack on that. So I can't be bothered. <laughs> Stuff, Jimmy right? Havoc, though, can't wait for that. <laughs> Those <laughs> Vegas hospitals will have a treat that night. <laughs> yeah, watch it. Jimmy Havoc will, will give us something to rant about next week. Yeah, nailed on. Uh, but yeah, uh, anything else you want to talk about? Anything else you want to say? Anything you want to plug? Or should we get out of here at, uh, at five past twelve on this Monday night? Yeah, let's let's get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> it's right. yeah, we've depressed ourselves here. <laughs> JP, do you want to plug your uh, your grapple accounts or uh, the lads' grapple yeah. accounts? The lads' grapple account. I'll put that out there. It's it's, it's TGH Beast sixty one. <laughs> Don't know what the sixty one means. He's on there. He's he's only got four matches. Give him a follow. You can give him shit within reason as well if you feel like schooling him on some of these ratings. I'll I'll, I'll trust ju- certain people's judgment on that. Um, you can follow me on Twitter and Grapple at JPJPE three E's. Excellent. <laughs> Joe, you're on uh, Grapple at Lemsif. I'm at Ben O. Follow me on Twitter at Benson Richard E. Follow the Grapple app uh, at Grapple app on Twitter, which, uh, as always, you can download uh, on the Android store and on the, in the Google Play store, sorry, and also on iTunes by searching for Grapple. Um, and, yeah, that, that's pretty much it. We'll we'll be back next week, and, yeah, hopefully we'll have a, a very, very fun uh, wrestler Joe to talk about. So, uh, yeah, uh, I guess we'll see. Bye. Bye for now. Do you have any uh, suggestions on the image or music or anything? Let us know. Um, think of. Music. I was going to suggest. <laughs> I hope you suffer. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, fit. it fits. It fits. <laughs> <laughs>
think it is. Yeah, I think you could do do that one. The only other one I would what think about, um, is Pax theme from Dragon Cave. For progress, because Damn. I think they've just gone now. So you could have like some sort of goodbye. Goodbye, my friend. I was thinking of that. Spice Girls. Imagination, time will never. That one. Do you know it? It was their last single, Christmas number one, 98. Be Johnny Vaughan and Denise Van Outen doing a cover of Especially for You by (laughs) Kylie and Jason. It was when Jerry had left. (laughs) Anyway. Goodbye, my friend. I was thinking of that. Spice Girls.